Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, uh, welcome to episode one. Uh, let me see, one ninety-eight of the Galen Trombley Show. Uh, my guest today, I'm really excited because as a as a kid growing up, um, I I love magic and I still love magic and I find you know I I could watch YouTube videos of magicians and back in the day you'd watch all these uh, you know different specials and TV shows with people doing magic. So I've always had a fascination with it. And we in the North Country Adirondacks are lucky to have um, our own magician. Um, illusionist here, and he joins me today, um, Wyatt Hackett, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but I know you've done a lot of uh, magic um, throughout the last couple of years, but then just hearing when you started, you, you obviously, you're nothing, this is not new to you. Um, you've been doing this your, almost your entire life. So uh, Wyatt, welcome, um, and for people that do not know you, kind of give us a little introduction, who you are, where you came from. Absolutely. How, 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 how did you become the magician from the Adirondacks? So a little background. Well, first, thank you for having me. And you can take, you can pull that right, right here. Perfect. Nope. Oh, that this right bad there. Boy? Yeah, pull that away. You don't need that. Oh, okay, cool. There you go. Make it a little more comfortable for you. Perfect. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. You know, this is my first time on a podcast, and you know, I got to say the experience is pretty cool already. Like all this setup and everything is awesome. But uh, I've been doing magic since I was five. And I kind of got started into it with a magic kit like, you know, most people do. But I broke everything in it because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and then I eventually would learn more tricks. And, you know, I got better and started performing for like smaller things like my family Christmas parties. I'd like do the little cups and balls trick for everybody and try to fool them and stuff. And then I started doing more and more, and then eventually there was a talent show for my third grade class in Bailey, Ave Bailey Avenue, and I took my chihuahua and I put it in a bread box, closed it, opened it back up, turned it into a stuffed animal chihuahua, closed it back up, and it was back into my real chihuahua. So it's kind of the stuff I was doing at a young age, and then I started <laughs> learning more and more stuff. It wasn't the typical, you know, <laughs> rabbit out of a hat, but I got a lot of playground credit after that. <laughs> so... so, so Five, okay, so five years old, how did you get introduced to magic? So I got a, a magic kit, but, you know, I was, the first thing, I, I saw a magician when I was really young, mm -hmm. and he did the the classic sponge ball in your hand, and it disappeared, and I, at that age, I didn't know it was a trick, I thought it was real magic, right? Mm -hmm. So I remember I was in a store, and I saw, like, a, a magic book, and it had those sponge balls, and I was like, oh, sweet, I'm going to be able to go in class and just pull a bunch of these sponge balls out of everywhere, and people are going to think, like, how am I doing this? Not knowing that there's a lot of work that had to be done to make it look like that. So when I got them and I was like, why is there only four of them? Why isn't there like a ton of them coming out? I was so confused. And then I, my mom's like, no, you got, you know, you got to read it and learn how to do it. And then that's when it all kind of clicked like, wow, this is a lot harder for one. It kind of showed that there's a trick behind it for me for some of the tricks. And then, but that kind of opened the door to, you know, the possibilities of what you could, what people on the outside see. You know, so is there anybody else like family or friends that was doing magic back no, at that age? Nobody. Okay. Yeah. So this was just pure. You saw it was cool. Yeah. Let me try it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. kind of a young, curious mind. And, right. Um, yeah. So, okay. So you started young. 
when did you start performing? Was it three, third grade? You said. At, at uh, so Bailey? that that was is I kind of walked away from it for a sense. Like I always was. It's hard to explain because I it wasn't always like just hard on doing magic for people. Like I did the talent show because I I thought like it would be cool to come up with a trick. But even though I wouldn't always do magic tricks, I like things that looked confusing to people. And like, how did they do that? You know what I mean? Like if it was somebody could twist their arm a certain way or somebody could do something with their body that was weird or something looked like it was like sticking. It looked like it was floating and people were like, oh, how's that done? I wanted to learn how to do it. Not even calling myself a magician, but I just like that awe factor to making people impressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if that was like in sports, like be able to do a cool trick shot, just that wowing factor for things. So I learned stuff off YouTube, like tricks with like, you know, ripping something in half, putting back together and stuff. I never called myself a magician. I would just do those tricks and then, you know, move on from it. But once I started hitting middle school, my dad, when I was around 12 years old, showed me a card trick and I hated card magic. Like I thought it was all math and I hate math. So he showed it to me and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. And I freaked out. And he's not a magician. He just, as a kid, worked at a bar and he learned it. Yep. And so he showed it to me and I just lost it. And then I ran upstairs and I woke up my mom and I showed it to her. And she was like, what? Like, how is he doing that? You know what I mean? So then I went to school the next day into my math class. And I did it for my math teacher. And the tricks, basically, they have them name any card. And then you have the cards in your pocket. And you tell them to name any number, 1 through 52. And you pull it out on that number. So they said, like, 30. The 30th card would be the card they picked. So I was counting all the way up. And then everybody around started like, getting in a circle around me. And my math teacher is, like, so confused because she doesn't think it's going to work. And then I pulled out. And then she just screamed at the top of her lungs. And then everybody clapped and I was like, yeah, this is what I got to do. So then I just started doing that same trick over and over. <laughs> and then I learned more and more tricks. And then I started like practicing and not practicing because I wouldn't always call myself like, you know, a full on magician at that time. I just like, like almost as a hobby of it. But I always came back to it. like ever since I was a kid, there's be some time period where I'd be learning, you know, some kind of magic. So, so that was like the aha moment. Like I, yeah. I like this. Yeah. Got the, like the yeah. juices flowing. Exactly. Um, yeah. and you were how old? Probably like 13, 12, yeah. 13. Yeah. About 12 years old. Yeah. And since, since that time, has it been all magic? Like all the time it's always been a hobby or you said you kind of went in and out of magic. So ever since then, I'd, I guess I'd say like, I would, I, there would be a few months where I'd just be like strong go gun ho on it and I'd be doing it in class and stuff. And then it would kind of, you know, fade out. But then I remember in 10th grade, my teacher, because I was getting really solid into it, I was doing magic at Sam's workshop, and I was like, this is, you know, like I could see myself doing this as like a, some kind of career, but I always like wanted to be like either like a state trooper or a forest ranger and stuff, because I didn't see magic as a realistic goal, be able to like make an income and stuff. Mm -hmm. I never saw like the possibilities of that. So, but my, one of my teachers came up to me, another math teacher, his name was Mr. Karen, and he said, why? There's this, Plattsburgh's got talent, like you should try out for it. And I was like, ah, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. You know, so I was like, well, I'll try it. So I ended up forgetting about it. And then I saw the last date before it was supposed to go in. Like, and I was on my phone. And I was like, oh, I should just send something in just for, you know, giggles. Like, it's the last day. They probably won't get back to me. So I sent a video in of me doing magic at a card table, like with my friends in school, like messing with them. Yeah. And they got back to me and they loved it. And they said, yeah, we want you to compete. So I ran downstairs and told my parents and I was like freaking out. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like. I didn't just send that video and I didn't think I was going to go anywhere with it. So they're like, well, you're going to have to try to compete. So then I ended up going and I left Santa's workshop because it was like a week process. And I told him I'm going to go compete in a talent show. And they're like, you better not come back unless you win. Right. So I was like, oh, whatever. So I went down there and in the first round, I dressed all up and got all ready. And I did this trick where I could basically had this huge easel. And I was like 
so unbelievably nervous. And how I, old were you at the time? So I'd say about like 14 or 15 at this time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe 16. I think it might've been at that. Yeah. I was 16. Cause I remember I was just about to get my first car. So when I was there and I, when I was audition, auditioning for the first one, I saw all these acts like from Vermont and these singers and I was the only magician, but there was Vanquilatris and I'm just like super nervous and I'm kind of just looking around and I remember all of them were talking about like what it would be to win and stuff. And I was like talking to this one guy. I was like, dude, you're, you're going to win. Like you're a great singer. Like he's unbelievable. So then I went to do my first thing and I had this huge easel and I had them, one of the judges name any like color. Mm-hmm. And then, but before I, I'd write it down, I'd say, just think of a color. And then I'd say, what's your color? And they'd be like blue. So I'd rip off the paper and throw it down. Like I messed up. And then I'd say, all right, let's think of a three digit number. So I'd write something down and then I'd put my marker down. Like what's the number? And they'd say it and I'd rip it off and throw it down. So everybody was like, oh, this poor kid, you know what I mean? He's like all nervous and stuff. So then I was like, okay, name any card. I right? just think of it first. And then I wrote it down and I said it and I ripped it off and threw it on the ground. And I basically told him, I was like, the best thing about magic, you know, is when you mess up, sometimes you can fix it. And then I undid all three pieces of paper and it was matched every single judge's really? thing. And everybody went nuts because they thought I was just some kid that was super, <laughs> and I was nervous, but you know, it just, it was cool because my nerves added on to the trick, which I didn't even realize because yeah. I was so nervous. Sold it a bit. Yeah. And everybody thought that that nerves was like, oh, he's messing up this poor kid. We wanted him to get it right. You know what I mean? And I ended up getting them all right. And then I <laughs> got a perfect score and moved on to the next round and. My parents are, and I, I never forget the look on my parents and my girlfriend's face. My girlfriend, I got to also say, is one of my biggest supporters. Like, if I can fool her, then I'll take it out. And she's your assistant? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's out. I just proposed to her too last December, and now we're going to be getting married in Salem, where the witches were hung. Nice. Ironically. <laughs> All right. But Hopefully a better event, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I definitely got to give props to her and my family when it came to this talent show, because... Like I got such tunnel vision after I won that first competition. Cause I was like, man, I could actually, you know, go pretty far in this. If I work hard enough and I was freaking out. Cause I didn't even think I was going to make it past the first round. So now I'm trying to think of all these tricks to do. And this is right in downtown Plattsburgh. And I'm trying to think of all these tricks and I, I don't know what to do. I'm getting in my own head. Cause I'm thinking about so much stuff. So then the second round comes and the trick I did was I had, um, a Dorito bag hidden inside a box and I had a book. And I had a deck of cards. So I had the first judge, which was Taylor LaValley yep. at this time. Yep. And she picked, she took the book and I told her to open up to any page and she opened it up. And I said, remember the first word and the page number? And she remembered it and wrote it down. And then I had the other judge name any food and they said Doritos. So I opened up the box and it was Doritos. And then I told him to go to that page number and it was gone. And I told him to open up the Doritos and the page was sealed inside the Dorito bag sealed inside yeah like it was sealed and that was the page and the word was written all in sharpie on front the word the first word on the page and then it was a perfect fit so then i made it to the next round and now i'm just like going crazy i'm like i don't even know like how this is possible so so when you're doing these tricks yeah like there's certain elements of magic that i watch and i'm like i could probably see it like when things are sealed inside something i'm like how does that possible right right so i'm not gonna ask you how you did it i'm not gonna but like on a scale of like one to 10, how hard of a trick do you think that is for you to pull off? Is that like, no, I'm, I, I'm like, I feel like that's pretty easy. Um, and then like, I've definitely upped that, that trick. Like that right. was that, like now it's considered that like an easy trick for me to do. So during that time, like coming up with how to get the page and everything in the Doritos and what's all that stuff, that was such a process. Like that was 
super hard. And even if I didn't know how to do that and I was trying to do it right now, it would still be super hard. But now that I know how to do it and I've got it down, it's, it's relatively easy, but I still do it all the time. Like I'll do the same thing. Like I'll have somebody pick a page and maybe it'll be inside an apple or, or something like that. Oh, so you so, can change it around. Yeah. So it's a great trick. But during that time, like I spent hours and hours with my family sitting around a table and, you know, trying to come up with this trick and how we could do it and how we could make it possible. And that was the hardest part, you know? So it's always with every trick, you know, finding that like good juicy part to where the thing can end up or how the trick is developed. That's probably the hardest part. But once you got it, you know, with practice, it kind of stays there unless you don't do it for a while then it's like starting over okay so we'll come back to that so finish with finish with yeah. the story so you did the dorito trick right so then i made it to the next round and at this point i was just so happy to make it like i couldn't even believe now i'm on like day three so now i'm just freaking out like we're driving home i was driving home with my sister and my fiance and we're just trying to think they're like what are you gonna do for tomorrow and stuff and i'm like not even like i must have been so like angry and rude because I was so distracted and like freaking out because I couldn't even believe I made it this round and I had no idea what I was going to do next. And I just say in a day too. Yeah. And I didn't plan anything like for the next day because I didn't have confidence that I would make it to the next round. So I just figured, oh, I'll, you know, shoot for this and hopefully I make it. I never, so I didn't plan anything if I were to make it to this round, this round, because I didn't wow. think it was possible. So this is kind of where I started to get my confidence in magic and doing sage magic was, was from this talent show. So then the next day, early in the morning, I was freaking out. And my mom's like, let's just, she's like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, how are we going to come up with a trick? I was like, I don't, I really don't know what to do. I was like, can we just, you know, drive to a store and maybe look around and look for something to, you know, do stuff with? And she's like, yeah. So we drove to Walmart and we were just like going through the stuff. And I was like, grab this. And she's like, why? I was like, I don't know. Let's just, just grab it. I'm going to try to do something with it. I was like, grab that pineapple. Let's try to figure something with that. So I just had all this random stuff. And to this day, I'll go into a dollar store and just look at all this random stuff and try to think of tricks. And that's kind of where the creativity flows. So after we wow. got home, we put together this crazy trick. That's like, I don't even know why. Like, I can't even believe it worked. But we put it, <laughs> we, it was so risky. But it took hours, the whole day to put together. And it comes competition time. I'm all dressed up. And now I have like all my family here. I got friends here i got all these people that you know i went to school with videotaping and i'm like super nervous now yeah and i'm sitting down and i got i'm talking to my fiance and i don't even i'm like i should just leave i don't even want to like i'm so nervous right now and she's like no you got it like trying to keep me relaxed and i had this really really solid trick that i wanted to use and i was like super solid but really really risky and i was like and this is one of the biggest things in my life that really taught me to shoot for one like first place every time and it was to you know risk it all because i had this trick and i knew it like i felt that if i use this trick right now it could get me into the top you know three like i, I was like if i use this i can get to the top three if it works and i was like but i could also save it do another trick and if i get into the top three i can use this one as my big one because you thought this was like a winning trick yeah okay. so but i was like you know what be satisfied with top three and go home saying oh, i got it in the top three or try to risk it all and either not make it in the top three, but if I do make it a top three, I could possibly win with this big trick. So I didn't know what to do. And I was on the phone with my dad. I was like, I just don't know what to do. He's like, well, he's like, there's no risk without reward, you know? So I was like, I'll save it, you know? So I was like, I'm just going to try to take all these tricks I know and, and, and do this trick. So I ended up going for the judges and I had a bunch of these like gross foods. So this is like a backup trick. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, to, just if I get into the top three, yeah, this will be the trick I'll use. Cause I feel like. You know, because what I was worried about is if I, 
use this nice trick and I do get in the top three, I have no material to use now yep. because I have no winning shot. I'm just going to have to try to do it with the stuff I've learned in the past. But I wanted this ace in the hole. Yeah. So I ended up saving it. So when I'm going and I'm competing on this, uh, there's like five people left in the competition to see who makes it to the top three. The trick I did was I had a bunch of papers written down with a bunch of random gross food. So I had like sardines, I had like mayonnaise, and I hate mayonnaise. Okay, that's <laughs> all, all this like gross stuff, and I and there was one of them that was was good. So I had them pick anyone they wanted. They ended up picking one that said cupcakes, and then I told them to flip the rest of the papers over to see which ones they could have had, and they were all gross. And I gave them a box of Rombox Bakery cupcakes. You know, kind of sweeten them up a little yeah, bit to help yeah. them on my side. And then I had the judge name anything he wanted, like any food, any drink. I said anything you want, and I had that pineapple wrapped up like a Christmas gift, right? To use as my final one to show what I would guess would be right. And he said root beer. So I opened up and I show it's a pineapple and everybody's like, oh no, right? And then I told him, I pulled out a straw and I said, stab it into the pineapple. And he stabbed it in and drank and up came root beer through the straw out of the pineapple. So, and everybody went nuts. He's like, yeah, root beer. And then everybody started clapping. So I was like, yes. And I couldn't <laughs> believe it worked because that one took hours and hours to do. And that's never, that trick's never been done. Like that was a hundred percent original and it took hours to figure out how to get it to work and it worked. So I couldn't believe it. And then I made it to the top three. And now I have that ace in the hole that I've been waiting to use. So, so let me do a little aside before yeah. we go to the finals. So if, so he, again, I'm just going to go with the idea that you had a pineapple that was there and you said, this is where I'm always fascinated because when you give an unlimited option to somebody yeah, and you yeah. say, listen, root, he says root beer, yeah. could have said Sprite, could have said pizza, could yeah. have said whatever, you know, dumplings. All of a sudden he drinks out of a straw. Like what happens if he would have said cheeseburger? Then yeah. it's like, and this is where I don't get it because I'm like, okay, for some odd reason he had root beer in there, but mm-hmm. he doesn't. And then this, this is obviously someone that doesn't know magic. But that's always where I'm fascinated, where you just really, and I think that magic has evolved, and we'll kind of talk about that, but where I find that nowadays you're getting a lot more randomized stuff, like, right. hey, pick whatever, and then you end exactly. up kind of, kind of almost like that drawing thing. It's more freedom, did. yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so go to the, am I, am I right on saying that, that you, you obviously know how to do it, but there's got to be some element of, of more complexity or more risk reward by saying you have any option. You're absolutely right. Like on a side note, you know, a lot of card tricks you've probably seen too. One of the most basic card tricks that everybody first learns is the card trick, which is three rows of seven. So you have them pick a card and then you show three rows of seven. You say, touch what pile your cards in and then you scoop them up and do it again. Say touch what card your piles in and then you deal like 21 cards and, that 21st card is their card. Yep. It's like a math trick. It's, it's elimination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's impressive. You know, it's a math trick. But now if you were to take that and it wasn't so, you know, like cards on the table and rows and math, which everybody knows, you know, it's it's a math trick. And you were to just have them pick a card. Mm-hmm. And that card was somewhere like upside down in the deck, for example. It's right to the point. You know, it's not like any, there's no like other obstacles in it. Like, in magic, you don't want to do stuff that makes them ask, like, well, why is that involved? You know what I mean? Like, if I were to have you write something on a piece of paper, and then I were to, you know, just put it on my hand and then tell you what it is, why do I have to put it on my hand? You know what I mean? To tell you what it is. You should be able to kind of just think of that word, and I should be able to tell you what it is. You know? So, when magic, when you're watching it, if you look for those odd things that, you know, don't quite make sense, or why people put their hand a certain way, or why are they putting their hands in their pocket, why are they dropping them below the table, that's kind of where you can you know, see what's how the trick is done. So it's the more natural, the more straight to the point things are, 
that's where it's kind of like how how's it done you know what i mean are, are there um like principles of magic like guiding yeah. principles that yeah. like you know kind of like mathematics like there's certain principles that just you can't that they're always that yeah, yeah. um so I'm, I'm assuming like some things in magic are just always that in every trick they're like tried and true like this principle cannot be broken by any magic trick yeah, some of them, like, there's certain methods to tricks on, on how they work. But what's cool about magic, the one thing that I always try to stay true to is I never plan my shows, or which is crazy. And at first it was crazy, and it didn't work. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't plan them. I wouldn't set anything up. Because what happens is once, if you plan your show out to a certain extent, and you, you, know, you put, like, certain words in, in certain pattern, like what magicians will say, or certain jokes and certain spots it almost comes robotic Mm -hmm. you know so like it'd be like watching tv it's it's entertaining but it's not like it's not intimate and like real life and you know real so that's why i try to do all my tricks and i i don't even know what i'm gonna do like when i go do my shows or close-up magic i don't plan anything i'll just have them pick a card up in the deck and then i'll try something and then i'll feed off their energy and if they like it you know i'll do something else with it or i'll try new stuff in that moment and i mess up so much and people always ask, like, do you mess up? And I do, but I don't ever show it because it ends up being way better than the original trick was supposed to be. Like one time I dropped a card on the ground and they're like, oh, you dropped a card. I'm like, no, I'll just leave it. And it landed face down. And then I had them pick a card. I put it back in the deck, made it come to the top. And then I put it back in the deck, put it in their hand, changed it, put it back to the top. And then I had them put it in their hand. It changed and it was the card on the ground. You see what I'm saying? And I never meant to drop that card on but the ground. But you knew how you could incorporate yeah, that? And it. And it made the trick way more better than it was even going to be. You know what I mean? Way more impressive. Do you, even though you know what you're doing, I'm assuming you look at that and in your mind, I mean, you're, you're like playing pool. You're, you're so many uh, shots ahead of everybody else right. that you can see it. And here's what I find like anybody that's successful, you start understanding the nuances and you can see patterns and recognize things that are going to happen before the common person would. Yeah. Does that give you a level of excitement where you're like cards on the ground? Like, let me see if I can pull that in. Yeah. That yeah. must get like you excited. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it definitely I mean, does. You're, you're smiling to, just talking as yeah. you're explaining it. So I can feel like <laughs> your excitement come moment. through. Yeah, it's true. That was a great way of saying it. It's like seeing those patterns and seeing how you can, you know, transition it into something else. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that that's natural or has that been just through practice? Like, did that come yeah. natural to you or you really had to force yourself to see that? It really had to come with just, you know not practicing at all like in the moment like obviously i'll practice tricks at home and it's basically taking all the knowledge that i've learned over the years you know whether it's from youtube or it's from books or it's from watching other magicians and putting it all into you know one thing and then using those different tools and methods in any trick possible so it's not like i try to remember it like people ask me how many tricks do you know you know if you know how to like make a card produce and or put a card somewhere you know like a thousand tricks you know how to put a card in a thousand different places you know a thousand tricks you know what I mean? So it's taking all those tools and putting them together and make, just doing tricks off, you know, how people react and, and take things. It's not just, you know, I have them pick a card, I put it in the deck and it's going to be on top. That's one trick. And, and I'm going to do that trick. It's have them put in the card. You don't know where it's going to end up. It, it could add principles into it. it could cut it in half. You could put it back together. You know, it's just everything combined. So, so there's a lot of themes that you yeah, can run with. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that, that's where creativity goes. I'm going to take that theme of the, of the root beer and the pineapple and that might be like eating pizza out of like a sneaker or something. Right. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. you could just figure out how to do that. Yeah. Something crazy. It's just finding something like the one way that I've really come up with tricks. And I feel like it's one of the best ways for me personally is I'll think of a concept. Like one of the tricks I'm working on right now, I'll let you in on is having somebody pick a card, sign it. And then 
I take a balloon out of my pocket, blow it up, and they pop it, and the signed cards inside the balloon. So that's that was when I was just playing with before I came here. I was like, I was like, how would I get a card in a balloon that's actually signed? Because you could get a card in a balloon that's not signed, right? By doing some kind of thing, but if they sign it, you can't copy that signature. Correct. And that makes it impossible. Yeah. So then I kind of work backwards, and I think how I can make that happen, you know. So that's kind of how I like to develop tricks. So there's like a reasoning aspect or like yeah. first principles of like how do I can. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm following this. Yeah. So, yeah. So then I try to reach back into things they know, but a lot of the times you got to just come up with something that's not out there. Like there's no how to on how to get a card in a balloon that's already signed. You know what I mean? There's nothing out there. So now, right now, I'm just trying to play around and buy a bunch of balloons and figure something out, but there's no book showing me how to do but that. But there's a theme as to like what you're trying to accomplish. Like that's, meaning like, like Simon in person signs a card, I get an object signed. So, yep. or an object done live right inside something else like yeah. that would be your theme and then you just put decide okay it's a card it's a signature it's a balloon exactly and okay. you can do it like with a water bottle you get a signed card and you know a water bottle but it could be someone breaking a pencil in half or something it could yep. be just an act of someone folded a piece of paper and burned the edge right but that's an act that's live right then, yep um okay so let's go so now keep going with your story so we're going on tangents of this right. big story here <laughs> so you got through you had the pineapple you had the root beer trick Okay. And then after, so start, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm in the top three, and I went, and I'll let you in on before I tell you. So I went to my parents, and I told them, I'm like, okay, you guys know what to do? And they're like, yeah, we know what to do, right? And I'll get to that. So I was like, when I point, you got to be sure to be right on cue, because they got, we had something big planned, right? And, and this is also happening the, the following night. No, this is the same night, because they end up saying that. So, oh. like, so they showed us the top three, right? And then they ended up saying, we're Ooh. all going to do one more round. And I was like... I saved this trick for last, so now I, I can, you know, I have this trick to use and nobody knows about it. And I'm good. I'm glad I've used it because this is something like, how does, how would I have had this planned? You know what I mean? Did you know the final was that night? No. So no. you thought you would have another day to yeah. prep. And wow. they said, because okay. the judges spoke with each other and they said, we're going to do one more round with these top three to decide the winner. So I, but I saved that trick, right? So I had that with me and I was ready to use it because I was going to use it to get me to that top three, but now I have it. So I'm, and all these other, all the other two performers, it was a singer and a dance group and they were scrambling to they're like, what? We thought we'd have another day. You know what I mean? So now they're trying to figure out what to do. And I'm just sitting there with a big smile on my face because I made the best decision I could have possibly made wow. in that very moment. Yeah. So I went over to my parents. I'm like, you guys know what to do. So I go up to my turn and I end up, <laughs> it was so cool. I had them, I did a bunch of opener like tricks just to try to get everybody warmed up. Cause I had a, like a time slotted to me for my performance. So I did this glow stick trick where I had everybody have a glow stick and then I had the person eliminate one at a time until we were left with one person and that person took out their glow stick and it was orange and the rest of the group took out their glow sticks and they were all red. So okay. the one person they picked out, you know, the one color that wasn't of the rest. And then I did a few card tricks where they ripped it and they're all matched together. And then I went and during the middle of my show, this guy comes through, the singer, I don't remember his name, but he's like a popular singer from this area. And he comes through and he was on like tour or something like that. And everybody stops and they're like, oh, it's, it's this guy. And I was like, come here, come here. And I called him over during my show. <laughs> and I had him. So now it's like completely random. Right. And I was like, can you. And I had him name any number. I was like, name any number. Like you have a whole deck of cards. Just name any number. He's like two. I was like, okay. I was like, now, you know, your suits. And he's like, yeah. I was like, you got spades, hearts, clubs, diamond. I was like, name any suit. He's like, heart. I was like, okay, you sure you want two of hearts? He's like, yes. So then I turned over you know the bridge right over here in downtown Plattsburgh, right where the monument is yeah so i turned over and i pointed i said now 
and everybody looked over, and I had a 30-foot-tall banner dropped from the bridge with the two hearts spray-painted on it, the card. And it dropped, and it dipped the water perfectly. And there's a video of it. It dipped the water perfectly and, and came up, and everybody just, just went nuts. And then my family was clapping, and it worked perfectly. And then... And went, that was the main trick. Yeah, that was the main trick. And then everybody was, and I, the adrenaline that went through me because of That's how so beautiful, wild. and it was right on video. They have it perfectly dipping and touching the water, the two of hearts, and everybody clapped. And then we went to do the, you know, the final thing, and I ended up winning it. And my parents came running over, my fiance and my sister, and I hugged them, and That's they were crying. So and I, I just couldn't believe it. And it just, it felt unbelievable. And it showed me what my potential and believing in yourself can do, you know. And, and this was a, a few years ago then. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's wild. Yeah, and especially what felt amazing was the teacher that went and told me that I should audition for it was there and watched it happen. That's so, the, so crazy. So the fact that he said you should try it and I ended up winning it, you know, I loved that. That was one of my proudest things that he saw that, you know. How, how many people do you think were in this, the audience? There's definitely... Probably a couple hundred. Yeah, a couple hundred, yeah, because they were all sitting up on the hill and there was people all over and people watching, walking by, coming down. There was, there was a ton and it just... It just felt amazing. Was that your biggest audience to date? No. no. So you had performed in front of more people? Oh, today. Uh, I mean, at that time, was that the most you'd ever performed in front of? It's hard because like the, the school talent shows, there's a few hundred, but like competitively, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like with no pressure. Yeah. This was definitely the pressure the most. Yeah. So was that your favorite trick that you've ever done to date just because of the moment? Yeah, probably. Just, yeah. Just everything was... That's so wild. The stars aligned. I don't know. It just was perfect. It was also like a big visual thing too that yeah. people just like freak out. Mm-hmm. And you happen to get whoever the... You said this was like a, a fairly well-known singer yeah. at the time? Yeah, yeah. That, like that's still pretty cool though. Yeah. And it just kind of paved the way, you know, of what I could do. Because if I... I don't know what happened if I would have lost that first round. You know, if I would have been a magician today. I really don't know what would happen. But it's like that kind of opened the doors to show what the possibilities are. You know, so it just felt... I felt like a rock star after it just was crazy so what happened after you won that did opportunities open up yeah so i got 500 hundred dollar reward which i went and used for my car and then i also got um to perform at the strand theater mm-hmm. to raise money for hospice mm-hmm. so i went and i did that which i did another cool trick i'll let you know about that too but yeah i got those and i went to sam's workshop the next day and they're like did you win it i was like i won it you know what i mean it just <laughs> felt amazing like to be able to come back and say that and then to go into school like later and everything it was just it felt perfect everything was great so know? when you do uh so take that trick that you did like is that the only time you've ever performed that trick yeah i've never done that one since so is there a lot of tricks that you do reuse in different audiences or do you find that you kind of like you know you do it once and then you kind of just like you know i'll just figure out something different yeah something I'd say that the most of the time I'll find something different just because you never know who's going to be at your shows. Mm-hmm. You know, you want them seeing the same thing twice. Well, I at least don't want them to. I want it to be that new wow experience every time. I don't want it to be like, oh, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be this. You know, I don't, I want them to be amazed every single time and in awe. So does that, does that add pressure or stress to the idea of like, I have to just always be coming up with tricks? It makes it fun though, you know, because okay. like at this point with, since I'm done college now, I just graduated from college. It's, I feel like I'm retired because my other passion is jujitsu. Okay. Like hard in jujitsu. And then I do magic. That's it. So magic and jujitsu. That's it. Like I feel retired. I feel like I'm living the life right now. I just performing, coming up with tricks. Like I love it. I don't feel like I work. I can, you know, have my so sleep cool. in and do whatever schedule. I love it. It's the best feeling. Um, so h- how many, how often do you perform? So as of right now, like 
it's the summer's the most consistent time. Mm-hmm. The winter's kind of when it slows down, and I think that's because like the holidays and everybody's already spending a lot of money and everybody's inside. But like up until October, I think October is my busiest month because of Halloween and yep. everything. But right now, like the consistency is pretty good. Like I perform at two restaurants uh, this week. So I, every Wednesday and Sunday I perform. So I perform at Westport or Wednesday I perform at Docks on the Water. Yep. And then Sundays I perform at the Westport restaurant, which is like the gallery bar. Yep. And then the weekends I do the ghost tours. So I do that every Friday and Saturday. I'll perform before he does his tours for everybody. Oh, okay. That's coming okay, up. Yep. And then I'll just do events on the side, like weddings and birthday parties and literally any event you can think of. You know, I've done it for people around a dining room table one time, like just four people eating. I performed like two hours straight. Oh, just a pri- little private Yeah, event. so any anything, I did a pig roast, like anything you can think of. Uh, how, how far have you traveled at all for? for yeah, me? yeah. I think the farthest so far besides America's Got Talent, which was Miami, Florida, would be, uh, I did New Jersey and Old Forge. So performed at those two. And those were private events people paid yeah. you to come they down they paid to? for my hotel and treated me really nice. Yeah. Um, so what's the process, like, because I, I do have some other stuff I want to ask you, but I want to yeah. go like to your actual process. Like, where do you find inspiration for tricks? How do you start off with, like, let's say you start off blank slate, you wake up, I got to come up with a trick. Like, wh- what's that look like to you? So a lot of the time, you know, it's just thinking of something crazy that's like, it's not, it's hard to explain because it's not only like, if you do something big and you have something going to like, for example, I always use this as an example. If I ever throw a card into a water bottle and it was your card inside the water bottle, it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah. But if I were just to do it once and then go into the next trick, you know, that moment's kind of forgotten and then you do the next thing. So now I got to take this and I got to make it big and I got to make it long and drag it on. So it's not just like a quick like minute trick because mm-hmm. then they don't have really time to soak it in and stuff. And then you got to go to the next trick. So I say that's one of the hardest parts as well is once you figure out something big to do, it's to make a whole routine around it as well. So it's, you know, like part of it. So for a stage show, that's when you would really need to do that. Walk around, not so much because you can kind of just play around and it's more like free play. But for a stage show, you don't want to just do it and then move on to the next thing. And then they forget about what just happened there, you know? So that's where it's the creative process has to really start flowing. So in. you almost write it out like a, a play or a story. Just the tricks, but not anything else. Like when it comes to talking and what they're going to say and who I pick, I don't even know who I'm going to pick or if I don't pick somebody. Like, because I want that to be so organic mm-hmm. and so real, you know, that it doesn't feel like they're watching TV. I want it to feel like this is now, this is the moment, who knows what's going to happen, you know? Does that add, does that make you nervous? Like if you're in a crowd and you happen to pick say me or the person next to me and say I go up and I'm just like a terrible person, right? Not bad person like bad, but I'm saying like terrible for the act, like clumsy, like not like really into it. Like, do you find, does that add, is that a problem or are the people that will go up now? I'm assuming will maybe try to throw you off your game and try right. to say stuff or do stuff to get you like kind of right. like uh, in the moment. Yeah. So I'd say that it's not nervous for the roundabout part because i'm constantly just trying to like i at first it was nerve-wracking trying to find that and see not knowing what's going to happen but now that i do it so much and i just don't plan stuff Mm -hmm. it kind of takes the nerves off because it's not like i gotta be here at a certain time i gotta do this trick at a certain time if i don't miss this beat then it's gonna screw up everything it makes it so things can happen i'm already adapted to not worry worry about what happens but like you said picking people that's a whole another process like a lot of the times which i've learned doing 
big school gigs because I perform a lot about like at the local schools will do the auditoriums for like all the grade levels. And I realize like who to pick and who not to pick. Mm-hmm. Like if I see a kid that's like, yeah, I'm like, pick me, pick me. And that seems like brave. You know what I mean? Sometimes I won't pick them because they're more likely the, the one to try something or try to mess something up because they're not shy and they're not nervous. Yep. But if you pick somebody that's relaxed and calm and they come up and they're not like talking and trying to be the star of the show, it works much better than yep. the person who wants to be the center of attention. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Now, if you, so again, you have ideas. Do you have like a, like a layer that you just do all your tricks in? Do you have like a room? Do you I have do. Like all these? Yeah. So like, cause I'm, I what I'm saying like inspired, like, like you see my office, my office right. just kind of a bunch of stuff thrown around and I got cameras and lights and all this stuff. But like, I'm assuming you have kind of a playground somewhere I do. You yep. with all your, your <laughs> paraphernalia and stuff you do. So like, what's that entail? Do you just like. You said you go to a dollar store and look at stuff. Like, yeah. Is that still the same in your, your your room that you practice in? Yeah, I'd say so. I have so with me and my fiance when we were getting an apartment, I said we absolutely have to get at least a two bedroom apartment because I need a room for all this stuff. And she said, okay, we'll try to find one. And then we ended up finding a three bedroom apartment. So she got her office for school, and yeah. I got my office for work. And then we had our our master bedroom. So mine consists of like six tall, huge, black, nice finished bookshelves. Okay. And I'll have all my collection of books, like all my magic books just down, down, down. And I have a whole section of magic DVDs down, down, down. And then I have all my cards just stacked because I have tons of playing cards. So I'm constantly ripping them and going through them. So I have all these cards. And then I have a whole shelf just of props. And then so everything I can kind of access to. And then I have a desk right in the center. So I'm surrounded on all all four sides of the room with the like the bookshelves and the, all the stuff and the props. So if I'm trying to couple with an idea, I can kind of just like spin in my chair and look around and see what I want to use. And it helps tremendously. Are there are there any exercises you do to like come up with tricks? Like, do you give yourself a time limit? Do you give yourself like the creativity? Like, uh, let me just grab this, this, and this. Let me just like see if I can somehow blend those three weird things together. Right. Yeah, I'll do that. And I love. It always starts with getting a coffee, like a nice coffee, a big ice coffee drinker. So I'll get okay. that, and then I'll kind of put myself in a room where there's not a lot of noise and distraction. And then, like you said, I might grab something or look at something and put those three together. And a lot of times I'll just sit there and think. I'll kind of look out the window and just think and think and think and think. And then when I come up with an idea, I'll write it down. So that way I don't forget, like, that's one way it could possibly work. Mm-hmm. And I'll think and think, and maybe this is the way it could possibly work. And then if I realize, oh, I might need this object or this object to try to use to build this to make it work, I'll go to the dollar store and buy stuff, or I might already have it. And then that's when it's the fun starts, you know, building it, trying it, see if it works. Do you get, like, writer's block? Or do you find that you just, like, you're so loose that you just let like creativity just hit you. Sometimes if I'm, if I can't figure out how to do the trick, I'll put it to the side and I'll try a different thing. You know what I mean? I'll come up with a whole different trick, nothing to do with that stuff. And then maybe when I'm working on this trick, this one will open up like, Oh, I didn't even think about trying this with this effect. You know what I mean? And I'll come back to it. That's why I always keep things written down so I could not forget about it and come back to it. So. Did, you, did you grow up doing puzzles? No, I hate okay. puzzles. Like I, I look at like if you're looking at a crossword puzzle, right. or you're looking at one of those uh, logic puzzles, right. and you're like, God, like you're just you, you're thinking, thinking, thinking. And a lot of times they say just like separate yourself from mm-hmm. it and then come back and right. just be fresh. And then all of a sudden you're like, Wait, why didn't I see that before? Right? Do you find that like that's yeah similar? Absolutely. Like even with meditation, you know, for it's cool because jujitsu, you know, the two parts of my life always some seem to come together. Like with jujitsu, that's like a puzzle or like chess because mm-hmm. you always got to be thinking of the next move on your opponent. Mm-hmm. So meditating is a huge thing for me when it comes to 
anything like if it's competition for jujitsu or same thing with like with a big magic show or competition because i read a meditation book and it said your mind is like a glass of water with a bunch of things in it like dirt in it and if you shake it it's all like floating around and it's not clear Mm -hmm. but if you let the water sit and it calms and settles to the bottom the water becomes clear and that's the same thing with your mind so you don't want to be making decisions when that water is all dirty and messed up and you can't see because your brain's clustered so if you just sit back and you kind of breathe and relax and let that water clear that's the best time to make those decisions and kind of come back to the situation. So, you know? so do you actively meditate? Yeah, I try to. Yeah, yeah. I try to. I, I got into it earlier this year too, so I do the same. But it's it's very calming when you do it. Mm-hmm. Once you learn to just like, just release and just not think and just like chill. It's true. It, yeah. It's crazy. Like you said, how your thoughts can wander and how things just like, you think of some crazy stuff and it's you're true. not doing anything but just sitting there, which for <laughs> most people, at least myself, it's very hard to do nothing Mm -hmm. you're right most people can't just sit still it's true um no that's cool so if you um get a trick i guess how long would it take to come up with i mean obviously you proved you can do it in a day Mm -hmm. less than a day i mean do you find that you're pretty quick at putting these things together like if i was like hey like i need a trick in an hour you're like i'll figure something out yeah i think so Yeah. yeah and then some of the bigger ones like when you're doing a whole routine or a whole special, maybe for an event, like mm-hmm. could that be a multi-day or week process? Yeah, I think so. Like, like you said, if it's, you need, you need something now and give me an hour, I think I could come up with it. But depending also on the pressure and you know, who I'm performing for, like if I'm performing for other magicians then it's going to take forever because then you got to think of stuff because you don't know what they know. They yeah. could, there could be a simple thing that they don't know that, you know, and like, how does that, how do they not know that, you know, or it could be, yep they know so much and now you got to just think outside the box and that's when you got to start creating stuff that is not out there in the magic world and that people do not know of because that's the way you fool magicians you know so yeah no, that, that's cool i i uh okay no that that's i think that'd be the hardest thing is to find the magicians know like they can pick up on it so i mean if you watch mag- magicians and be like completely stumped on how they do stuff yeah yeah all the time and it's cool you know and that's and a lot of things that's tricky nowadays, and it's funny, I'll tell you a story about it, is with electronics nowadays and technology, <laughs> the stuff that can be done and cannot be done is, is so wishy-washy. Like, I performed last night for a big, a big party that they were having, and the, every trick I did, they were saying that my deck was mechanical or electronic or voice-activated. So as a joke, I, had them, I made a trick out of it, right? So I had them pick a card. I was like, was this your card, right? And they looked at it like, okay, they put it in the deck and I handed them another card and I said, look at it. I was like, is this your card? They're like, no. I said, put it face down and yell your card out loud. Their voice activated. Then they said their card out loud and it flipped and it changed to their card. And they're not voice activated. Like I buy these on Amazon, they're normal cards. Yeah, but, yeah. but now they think that's what, they want to keep my cards and stuff because they think, which is, it's hard because that's like a compliment, but not at the same time because you work so hard to be able to make that trick happen. And now they're thinking it's all in the cards that you buy. So it's a double-edged sword at that point, you know. So, because I think the idea with magic, like, like there's no like magic as we would know it, like like you said, a wizard like waving a wand or Harry Potter, like there there's obviously an element of how to do it, and there's whatever you want to call it, sleight of hand, or you know, just like different things that you just knowledge you know that someone else doesn't know, or smoke and mirrors, you hear all this stuff, like. But at a certain point, it. Magic is a very, I'm assuming a pretty simplistic thing that you put, you, you have the showmanship and you really sell, because like you said, you know how to do it. So it's right. like, how can I do it very smoothly so exactly. it does, people can't see it? 
But then I'm assuming there's a lot of showmanship and embellishment in the sense that you got to put on a show and bring people with. Like, so how do you, how much do you focus on the performance? How much do you focus on the creativity coming up with ideas? And how much do you focus on the practice? Practice meaning like just your actual physical self. So I definitely say the most important thing is the performance every single time. You can take, what I've learned is you can take a trick that's super basic and the, like, let me, can I show you one right now too? Yeah. You're going to, you're going to show us a future. Actually. Yes. You're going to show us example. some tricks. No, absolutely. Cause I'm, this is just an, this isn't, don't take this all as something like super, super impressive. This is, it's very simple, but I'm just going to show you presentation. Can, I know. Can, are we able to go, is this like a good trick and show us a full trick? Um, it's more, it's more of an example demonstration. Okay. Cause we're, we're going to go, we're going to do some, uh, we'll go live on a couple yeah. of these. This isn't something like crazy. It's just to show you why performance is okay. so important. So look, you can take one out and doesn't, and I'll show you too. They're all different, right? Yep. You can take anyone. Like full deck. doesn't even matter. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. You like that card or do you want to change it? I love that card. <laughs> Place it right down. We don't even need to see it. So look, if I were to go through the cards, right? Let's see. Is this the one? Yep. Okay, so that's cool, right? But now I'm going to do it a different way with more presentation to make it more impressive. Okay. Okay, so take another one out. doesn't matter which one. Is that a good one too? Yep. You like it? Great. Go ahead, put it back. So this time, I'll do it like this. Spread through the cards like this. Okay, let's see. All right, just point like this. And okay. Yeah, let me see your arm. I'm going to try to use your pulse to find it. Let's see. Try to stay calm too with it. Is this one? Yep. Is that the card? Yes. Right? So same thing, but yep. it was more intimate because I used your wrist and I used your pulse and I added different elements to it and it made the trick more impressive than just taking your card out. So, but if you were to break that down, like the hand and arm, that's all, like you, you already know where it is and yeah. know how to find yeah. it, but like that's adding the level of like, wait, because you're drawing them into something exactly. that's kind of a... a um, it, it, like I said, it's a sideshow to what the real, real what is really happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and you're making them feel important and making the trick. You're kind of investing into the trick. You're not being lazy with it. Yeah. Because that's the one thing people don't want to see. They want to see that you're interested in it and there's something going on important here. Not that I can take a card out, put it in the deck and find it, you know. But when you add all these elements to it to make it interesting, it's like baking a cake. You know what I mean? If you're not adding like the certain stuff like eggs and stuff in your cake and all this certain ingredients, it's not going to taste good. So you want to put it all together and make it nice. So what, what's the first trick you remember doing? Probably the one my dad showed me. With the, Which was a card trick. Yeah. Can you yeah. still do that card trick? Oh, like the very first, first trick? Yeah. Probably. Was that, you said it was with the, the sponge balls? Um, yeah, probably the sponge balls or when you could kind of like make a pencil, like with a pen. I see your pen. Yeah. It's really simple. This is one I learned when I was five. So you take it like this, or we can do it either one like this, and you hold it with your wrist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you rub it too, to get the friction with it, you see, then make it move that one super basic and i'm assuming this i mean can i say how yeah, yeah i'm assuming there's a finger yeah you element. just hold it like this and yeah. move it so that was probably the first trick and that's when i got that magic book that was part with the sponge balls that trick was in it and that was the showmanship let me get some friction on yeah. it and that had nothing yeah. to do with the trick well that just, that rubbing wasn't even in the book so you just added that yeah. it's like to draw someone away yeah like, this will actually help because people will think they'll try to rub it and they'll try to do the well little kids i do that trick and i'll teach it to them after but they'll be like rubbing it and trying to get it yeah you know what i mean because that's what confuses them is thinking that's what's doing it so, so do you have a love affair now with cards love it so much because i, I it's my like, favorite i i would say from a simplistic standpoint i love the idea of cards because to me cards are um when we talk about like 
the creativity, there's a lot of creativity, but there's limitations because there's right. only 52 cards exactly. and there's only what four suits of 13. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you're getting and it's like, how can you do stuff to make that seem cool where exactly. the pineapple and the, and the um, root beer, awesome trick, right. but you're bringing in so many different things. Like, I think this is almost more limitation because like, okay, I only have 52. I don't have a hundred. I don't have, right. I mean, I'm, I know there's ways that you can make more cards mm-hmm. or more suits of cards and, and things, but um, what is your favorite trick that you do or favorite element of a trick that you do? Probably a trick where I make people's arms raise without touching them. Okay. Which Jen was telling me about yeah. the other day. And the girl's like, no, he was touching me every time. She's like, no, yeah. he wasn't even close. Yeah. It's a trick that I learned, you know, from a really, really cool magician. And, you know, not, not one that I knew. I just saw it in a book and then read it and bought it and stuff. But it's a trick that, like, teaches you how to... It's cool because it involves nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's no... People say it's my watch or people say, like... I got some kind of electronic thing shocking them and stuff like that. But it really, it comes down to nothing. And I think the reason why it's my favorite is because of that element. Like the reason I like card tricks so much is because it's just cards. You know what I mean? Like I literally will get these from a dollar store and I'll use them. When I went and I performed in New Jersey, it was, the show was mainly with cards and I forgot my cards. Like I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even bring them. I forgot them. So I had to stop at a Seven Eleven, and I went in and I bought, they're like $7 too because they upped the price so much. And I bought cards and I used it for the show and it makes it so much better because I don't have to worry. Did you and, tell them that, that you bought them at Seven yeah, Eleven? Yeah, they didn't believe me, but I, it was so expensive. I had to buy two of them. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> but <laughs> I bought them and it, and it worked and it helped so much because I also did a gig in Old Forge and the first trick I did they're like, that's a trick deck. And these are poker players too. So I use the deck of their cards. I did the entire show with their cards and it made it so much more impressive and that, and that more real because it's their cards. Do you, know? do, do you find that, um, like these are what bicycle? Yep. Yeah. Is that the brand that you prefer or, or is it, I mean, those are very popular, but can you, does it really matter? Cause I know some have different textures to them. Well, there's a couple of reasons. The first reason for bicycle is because it's the most, like you said, it's the most common deck people see mm-hmm. because I'm always trying to get away from that trick deck thing where everybody's saying it's a trick deck of cards or it's a magic deck of cards. So I try to use the most ones that are familiar to people around their house. Mm-hmm. So I'll use bicycle. And then I also do like the quality. They're, they're pretty good and they're only like three bucks, but the ones that are like a dollar at the dollar store, I can't stand those cause they're so plasticky and they're so coated that yep. they don't, they just, they'll block together. It's like when you spread through them, they'll clump like this rather than being like a, like a smooth fan like that. Oh, that's cool. They yeah. don't stay together. You know what I mean? Or like when you spring them like this, they won't spring as, as smoothly. They'll kind of just like clump like little big packs at a time. So you really, it's, you can do stuff with them, but they're only good for like ripping and stuff well, like that. Well, I'm sure too, like you've trained your hands to, to move a certain way that even just a slightly different weight. Yeah. For, I can't feel it. You can certainly feel yeah. it. Like you're doing like that just doesn't move as well. Right. Cause you're just so trained in it. Yeah. Um, and types of magic tricks, like, so right now you think cards would still, well, you said the one without touching someone, but like, I guess from an implementation, would it be cards or is there some other weird things you like, or do you probably, just like random stuff? Probably cards just because it's weird. I feel like a superhero when I have playing cards in my hand, like literally yeah. any environment, I feel like, any dangerous environment or anything. If I have cards, I feel like I'm protected because I know how to entertain people, you know, or if I'm in a room waiting or any, literally any situation, if I have a deck of cards, it's perfect. You know, standing in line at the great escape. I hate standing in line. I start performing for people. So you'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming you have cards in your pocket. Like most people have a phone all the time. Yeah. 
all the time. I, my fiance, she has so many cards in her purse and in her, like in our cars and stuff that like there's always a deck somewhere. That's so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so now who is your, um, who's your favorite magician? David Blaine. By far? Yeah, by far. So Dave, why? Why is he your favorite? Mainly because he just, his presentation is so, it's perfect. Like I said before, that trick, the presentation compared to a different trick, he'll take a trick that's super basic and he'll just elevate it so much just because of his presentation and his seriousness. And it's like, I've never seen another magician do it the way David Blaine does it, you know? His presentation is always is also um, almost like he He's got a weird demeanor about him because he'll do the trick, but he'll do the trick to the point where he almost like doesn't think it's a big deal or almost do the trick like he doesn't even feel like he's doing a trick. Right. <laughs> um, so I was telling, you know, Jen out there, but I was uh, I was telling her before you came on, I'm like, man, I love like magic and I've watched a bunch of people, but I said, I love David Blaine and not even like his endurance feats. I'm like, I just love his old school street magic. Yeah. He just walks around the street and he's like biting coins and he's throwing, he's throwing a card behind a window. Exactly. And to me, like the fact that you get people like around and everybody's like, so and it's close up and he's doing all this stuff on the street and people are like, what? And people are freaking out. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and he's kind of creepy, but he, but he's, <laughs> you know, I've like, I listened to him on Rogan and I've seen stuff with him and he's, uh, absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. Then you realize this guy just knows, that level like just knows this like topic so deeply and intimately that he can just do stuff that i don't think even magicians could do yeah yeah he does too like his best trick that i still am trying to learn is his water regurgitation trick with the frogs yeah but just not the frogs yet just the water but there's nothing teaching you like there's nothing teaching you how to do that and that's a real thing that's not you know, from a magician saying this, this is, that's a real thing. That's not a trick. You know, you have to like train your body to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Like the muscles has to be able to do it, you know, and he uses cold water so he can sense where it is. You won't, he'll fast. So you won't eat for like a whole day just so, you know, it doesn't bring up food and stuff and he can know like the placement of the water, but it's also dangerous because what happens is when you're trying to bring the water up, it makes your heart muscles pump more, okay. but not the blood. The blood still stays consistent, but it's making your heart push harder. And then also the acid that's coming up from your stomach isn't good for your teeth and stuff like that. So there's, there's bad things that happen if you don't do it correctly. That's the one tough part about not really having anybody teach you how to do it. So did he pioneer that idea? No. So there is, I believe, I don't know where he traveled, if it was Africa or where he went, but there was a water spouter who would go cause you know, they don't have tons of water. So he'd go down and he would drink tons of water and he'd hold it in his stomach and then he would come back and he would, use it for stuff like cleaning his clothes so he would just spit it out and he would wash his clothes with it and then he'd move it and then he'd grab the next thing and he'd spit it out because he held so much in his stomach and i was like the, one of the only people around that could do it then so david blaine went and learned from him and now he's doing it but there was an original magician for a trick what he would do would swallow a bunch of water and then swallow a bunch of kerosene mm -hmm. and then he would spit the kerosene out to catch something on fire and then use the water next to put the fire out wow but he died from doing it because it's so dangerous. And David Blaine did it, but he only did it once. And he even knew, you know, not to mess around with that because it's kerosene, you know. So mm -hmm. he did it once to show that he could do it. And then now he just does the water and the frogs and stuff like that. But yeah, it goes back a long time. Oh, you see like the other ones are like, stabbing like a picket, like a, yeah. a ice, ice pick, pick through his like hand. And bicep. And yeah. Bicep. Yeah. And, yep, I mean, I, is that something that you know how to do or could do? Yeah, you. anybody could do it, but it's just... Like it's a certain point through here. That's just kind of like flesh that goes through, but 
you know, you could hit but a he pulls nerve. it out and it doesn't bleed. Yeah. Well, sometimes there's blood on the edge, but there's certain points, but there's like, you can see he'll hit a nerve sometimes and it'll, it really hurt his arm. But yeah, there's, it can go through. That's yeah. wild. Cause I think he had Joe do it. Yep. And Joe's yep. like, ah, I don't like, and he's like having it go through his arm. Yep. And it's like, cause that's the thing. You, like, you see some of this stuff. I'm like, that guy's got an act, like got a pick through his arm. Like yeah. that, like, I don't know how you can make that fake or when people yeah. like move their hands around and like show that something's like levitating yeah. and, um, or like, the nail up the nose too. You seen that one? I think so. Yeah. But do you know like levitation? Have you learned that or dabbled in that? A little bit like the basic stuff, but it's, you know, I've seen like the only time you'll ever see levitation stuff is like camera tricks, you know, or people are in on it. Like the guy, you ever seen the guy with the blue mask that walks across the water, the pool water? No. Well, he basically walks all across the pool and like people are like looking around and swimming under it. And it's basically just like a clear platform that's put it through and they walk across. So I, uh, there's never, I've never really seen any levitation trick out there that's can be done in person where people can see it. That's not either on a stage way far away and people can, and you can't see what's going on behind the scenes, but I haven't seen anything yet that's this close, you know? So have you ever thought about doing like what David Blaine did with street magic? Just have someone walk around the camera and just, I would like to, I think it would be cool to do it somewhere like even, you know, like Placid on the streets, like during something like the Iron Man or something like that. Maybe crazy. Tons of people. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a good atmosphere to do it. Well, I think it's good. Pra- like my guess is David Blaine got really good by doing it. Yeah. it. Just forced him to practice. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, it was like almost, uh, you know, back in the day when people were were um, selling off or trading mixtapes of music before, yeah. like we had like streaming music services. Yeah. Like that's how a lot of bands like I grew up listening to got big. Right. Like that's how David Blaine like watch my video and like just yeah. put, you kind of like bootlegging or bootstrapping like a way to, you know, get your get your name out there. Um, do you spend a lot of time on, on like the social media aspect, like to get your name out there and to get like, yeah, I'm trying with the Instagram right now, you know, it's been off and on, but now I'm really trying to focus. Cause you can see a lot of avenues open up with the bigger following you have on something like Instagram, you know, or TikTok or something like that. So I'm trying to start now really putting work in for my Instagram and just basically posting of places that I've been and to show people. And then eventually when the winter time hits, that's when I'm really going to start going hardcore with it too, because that's, Kind of when things slow down, I'm going to try to put more videos out there. What about like YouTube or TikTok? I haven't gotten into YouTube yet, but TikTok, I have been posting videos, you mm-hmm. know, try to, I haven't been doing it regularly, but you know, like I said, when the winter comes, that's really when I'm going to gun ho on it. You know? I was going to say, I think, I think TikTok or like Instagram reels and obviously YouTube, but yeah. I think the, the crazy thing about magicians, I mean, there's a lot of magicians, but like if you, you catch people like scrolling their phone and then all of a sudden they have this magician that comes up and he's good. Yeah. Like you'll gain followers, but and it's kind of goes back to like, uh, the idea, like all you need is like some executive to, or some magician to find you. Like this kid's great and bring you along. Yeah. It's like, it's like how was Justin Bieber found? He found on YouTube just yeah. singing and, you know, and they brought him in because, you know, he was just kind of discovered by the right people. Right. Um, but I think the street magic thing, even just locally, like walking around town and just like vlogging and like watching what you do, I think people would love it. And not like you just have some random stuff and or like that, grab the pen and do it or grab, you know, throw the card through a bottle because right. you don't need the, I guess the, the routine around it. It's like, you can just do the quick thing and off to the next person. Exactly. Like, Wait, how did you do that? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, that's the, I feel like that's the best kind of magic, you know, like, have you seen, have you been to a magic show in person, but like a big one, like on stage? Uh... No, not not like a Vegas show or anything right. like that. No. So it's it's difficult because I I've been to a few and it's entertaining. Like when they have it down and the, like I appreciate watching like the music and like all the stuff like that and the dancing and how they they time stuff. 
but it's so hard because to a point, if you kind of step back and you, and you look and you see well, the props and you wonder how much of that is making the tricks actually happen. Yeah. Compared to, that's why I appreciate like, the music and the timing as a magician. But like when you look at the props, you're like, does that look like it was from like, you just bought in a magic shop, you know what I mean? Compared to like close-up magic where it's literally, they can like inspect it and look at it, you know what I mean? And feel it and it's real and they see it every day. I feel like that's like such strong magic, you know? Uh, that's why I love it so much is doing that close-up stuff like on the street and everything like that, you know? Yeah, I would like, like or someone had a bottle of water. And yeah. like, Let me see your bottle of water. And they're like, well, I've been drinking this the last like 10 exactly. minutes. And you do something to it. And like, what yeah. the heck? Um, and that's why, like I said, I think why David Blaine popped. Like I remember Chris Angel had his, uh, was it Mind Freak? Mind like Freak, kid. yeah. Um, I remember watching those and those were cool. But he typically, I think, did bigger scale stuff um, or the big production, like making the truck disappear and yep. all this crazy stuff. Like right. I... Like those are okay, but I've always just loved the up close magic. Like that's why I think David Blaine, um, I think he was more like to me more entertaining. Um, I remember as a kid, I think the first magicians I saw was like Penn and Teller. Um, you know, and I've seen like some of the episodes of like Stump Them or whatever yeah, magicians or yeah. Fool Us, yeah, yeah. Um, but Penn and Teller have been doing it for years. Yeah, I mean, they're probably great. Thirty, forty years, maybe more. I um, now the so actually. America's Got Talent, you tried out for that? Yes, in Miami, Florida. So was that, yeah. like when you tried out, was that for like Simon Cowell and all them? No, so this, I'll explain what happened. So this was my senior year of high school. It was 2019. And I flew down to Miami, Florida in December. I raised a bunch of money to get there because it was like $3,000 I had to raise to get fly there and back. And I was 17. I was even 18 at the time. So I had to have my mom come with me. And I also brought Marlena, my fiance. And when we went there... I don't know if you have you seen the show before, like when you see everybody singing in the room and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's exactly like that. There's a lot of stuff too that's you know staged to make it look like part of the show. Like when you see them all running to the table to fill up the form, yeah, that stage. Like I was a part of that, and that was exhausting. It took hours and hours and hours just to get that shot. Yeah, because they they're like, oh, we'll give you gift cards if you come, you know, do this, and then they'll walk you a mile in the heat, and you'll come to this random location, you'll do it, and it takes hours to do because, like. It's the wild. people that are supposed to walk first in front for the cameras to catch, everybody keeps crowding them. So they have to keep redoing it, redoing it, redoing it. And it took forever. And then finally when they got it, they're like, okay, we need to do it from the side. And I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I got to get out of here. But when I got there, I dressed up. So I'll dress up in like a nice suit when I perform. I try to keep it really classy. And when I got there, I realized Miami, you know, waiting in line was going to be a big deal. Yeah. Like getting in the doors and I haven't. So you passed out in the waiting room? <laughs> no. But I wanted to be one of the first ones in line. So lineup started at 5. A.M. Yeah. And we were an hour away from the, the convention center in Miami. So I woke up super early to get down there. And we wanted to get there like 20 minutes before you can even start lining up. So we got there super early. And it was pitch black, right? I'll grab water too for a second. No, you're good. Sorry. Yeah, so it was pitch black, and there was like 50 people lined up already, <clears throat> and I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, it's not too hot and stuff, so we get out, and I have to pee, like, worse than I've ever <laughs> had to yeah. pee, like, ever, and I don't know where I was, and there was no bathrooms. Like, everything was closed, so I'm walking around, and Marlena, my fiance, holds my spot for me, and me and my mom, she's also asked, we're trying to find a bathroom, and all of a sudden, I seen like, 500 cats just, like, <laughs> like walking around. And what they did was a cat release program because there's so many cats that were like in the shelter and they didn't want to put them down. So the community kind of just 
let him in the neighborhood and would take care of him. But it was so weird because like I felt like I was in a dream. Like oh, wow. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're like delirious. It's like it's in the five morning. in the morning and there's all these cats. And I'm in Miami. And I don't even know where I am. <laughs> so I ended up just peeing in the street. <laughs> but I come down and I get back in line and I'm starting to do magic to warm up because I'm feeling calm and relaxed and a lot of people there. And I meet this guy from Jamaica and he's like an incredible, famous saxophone player there. And his name's Conrad. And I'm doing magic for him. He's freaking out. And my and I don't know anything about this. Like, my mom's telling me, she's like, oh, don't do too much. You don't want to, like, give away anything. Like, you don't want anybody to use your tricks or stuff like that. Because, like, we didn't know what I was getting into. So I just did a few tricks. And it, it really kind of eased me up. And I was ready. So then I go inside. I sign in. And I get into this room. Right? Just filled with all these acts. These big AGT signs. And I'm like, holy. Like, I'm here. You know? This is awesome. I got my number. And I'm sitting here. I fell out my sheet. Right. And they got all these things. They got these questions asking, like, if you got like a traumatic story and because, you know, they like those yeah, for the yeah. opening. They got like, where are you from and how you got heard of it and stuff. So I'm trying to fill all this. There's like tons of questions. I'm trying to fill them out. And there's this guy sitting there and he looks over at me. He's like, Psst. I was like, and I look over and he's like, and he waves to me. And I just wave back and I'm trying to fill out my sheet. And he's like, have you heard of me before? And I was like, no. And he's like, I'm Mr. Wiggles. I was like, from you think you can dance. Right. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Right, and he's like, and he starts dancing and being really goofy and singing this the Barbie doll song, and I'm trying to like concentrate here because I'm like super nervous, and now this guy is like doing the most like weird thing. I don't even know what's happening right now, and he was he was on. You think you can dance too? I looked it up and he was on there and he okay. did that exact dance and song, but this guy just started asking everybody that. So everybody that came and sat down, he was like, hey, and I'm trying to like focus, like I'm trying to get in the zone right now, and this guy's just like asking everybody this question, so. And that's what you get, you know, when you go down to America's Town. There's tons of people, you know, doing stuff like that and acts and there's dancing Christmas trees and there's contortionists and dancers and other magicians. And it seemed like every single magician would look at you and you'd look at them because they're all kind of like square each other up and everything and super competitive. So as I'm filling out my sheet, I started to get really nervous because now there's all these acts in here. And I'm seeing these magicians with like these fancy tables that stand up and they have all their nice like black mats on it and they're using and like just everything. So I look at my mom. I'm like, how am I supposed to separate myself from all these people? You know, like there's just so many like great acts here. And she's like, you're just gonna have to blow it away with your audition. So to me, that wasn't enough. So I walked into the middle of the room and I screamed as loud as I could. Right. In front of all these people. Yeah. And I couldn't even believe I did it. Like I just screamed as loud as I could. I said, who wants to see a magic chick? And the room just got silent. Like, and everybody turned and just like turned around and looked at me and started cheering. Right. So they made a huge circle around me and I did this trick I did that trick where I make their arms raise without touching them right and then everybody started cheering and then my mom I look over at my mom and my fiance and they're just like their eyes are huge because <laughs> I didn't tell them I just walked up and did it so then I go to sit down and my heart's like racing yeah right yeah and then <clears throat> I sit down and the producers couldn't get over to me quick enough they run over and they're like we love the way you just did we want it like we have separate seating over here. We want to sit you down. There's like 10 seats available that we pick out of all these people to like be individually filmed for like opening parts of the show. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. And my mom's calling my dad. She can't believe it. <laughs> so we go and we sit down and they end up hooking me up with all these mics. And I do magic with this guy from Mexico. And we do these tricks back and forth for each other. This is just like promo stuff. Yeah. And this is like all because I did this, this one stunt. You yeah. know what I mean? So I got, I got to sit there the rest of the day, that regular seating, like a VIP seating. It felt like. And I met all these other crazy people that they were picking from the audience like to sit there. And I did magic with this guy from Mexico. And I met the producers for like shows like Ellen and The Real. And they were super cool. And then 
that was before my audition even took place. So now it comes to my audition time and I hear my number get called. And I'm like, oh, geez. And my mom comes in with me because I'm not 18. So she, so I, was, I felt a little better about that. because I was like, okay, at least she'll be there with me. And what they do is they put 10 of you in a quiet room, right? And you sit against a wall. And you have to best. Like, you basically have to best the other person in the room. Like, you'll go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And there'll be two judges there. And they can't show any emotion because they can't be biased. And for a magician, you feed off people's emotion. So it's incredibly difficult. And you get 90 seconds. So one of the hardest parts with me was coming up with the tricks to do in these 90 seconds, which I didn't even figure out until the night before when I was in the hotel room. That tells you how last minute I was switching things up. Okay. So I went in with my mom and it was my turn and I went up and the first trick I did was I had my fiance wrap like 30 decks of cards and Christmas wrap like Christmas, like cause it was around Christmas time yep. and I put them in a big Christmas box and the first judge, I had him pick a card, took it out, signed it, put it back in the deck and then I had them put it in their hands and then I made all the cards disappear except for their card that was signed. And then, and no emotion. They just sit there and like, and it's like so hard because you don't know what's going on. And then the second judge, I had him name any card. And they named a card. I lifted up the box. They said, Queen of Hearts. I said, Grab any box you want. They grabbed it. They unwrapped it. And the top card was the Queen of Hearts. So those are the two tricks that I did in the, the 90 seconds. Then I went and sat down. And my mom was like, She's like, Good job. And because I had to get up there by myself. And all the acts I just see sitting there. And they're all just like this, watching me, you know, 90 seconds. And, and I was like, Number nine. So there was only one. So I watched all these other acts before me go. And I was just like super nervous. And then I went up and did that. And then I went back and I stayed in the AGT room even after my audition for like three hours. And I just walked around meeting people performing. I performed for everybody in there because you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. Right. So I went on a, there was like a news station there I went in front of and did Magic 4. I met a bunch of cool people. I still contact today. And then I called my friends and family. I had like people all from my school who I haven't even talked to like messaging me saying good luck like the support i had felt felt unbelievable that's why i knew i had to give it all i had and i feel like that's what gave me the confidence to step in the middle of the room like that because i wasn't letting all those people down at home so then i flew back and i wasn't supposed to find out until march if i made it to the next round and then march is when COVID hit and we get an email saying it's all completely canceled like all live editions were canceled for like across the board and then you had to send in video auditions like not even FaceTiming. Yeah. It's, you record yourself and set it in. No guidelines saying how to make a good video or what you should do. Or And as a magician, you know, you like work in real time. You know, if you record something, if I were to do Magic Radio and send it in and it was something crazy, like you named a card and I had it in my pocket or something like that, they're going to think you're in on it. You know, there's always that possibility like, oh, he could have been in on it, you know, because you can create any scene you want when it's a video. Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't even bother sending it in. I was like, you know, I, I did it. I went down there and then the next year too was all like, like through zoom, they did America's got talent that year too, yeah. which was weird. And, and it, now I think it's finally back to normal, but yeah. Would you do it again? Yeah, I think I would, you know, especially the experience I've gained since then. Like I haven't even performed as close as many times as I had when I was a senior in high school. Like now, you know, this is my living. This is how I pay for bills and stuff. So I would definitely do it again. Um, that's wild. So, um, so America's Got Talent, like that's the first initial wave. And then from there, like when do you get to the point where you're in front of the judges on national TV? Would have been the next one. Yep. When that March call, that would have been it. I would have been on. Oh, so the, so what you did in Miami could have gotten you on the yep. show. Yeah, gotcha. That call I was waiting for would have been it. Do you think you, 
based on the 10 people that were in your room, how would you have judged yourself? Obviously, I think, was it all magicians? No, there, I was the only magician. Okay. Yeah, there was... Uh, I'm assuming singers and... Few singers, few dancers. There was um, a Spanish opera singer. Like an, he was like 92 years old, too. It was okay. impressive. Then Conrad was also in the room, ironic with me. And that he, was a saxophone player. Yeah, and he played uh, You Raise Me Up on the saxophone, which was amazing. And I thought for sure he was going to make it, too. But, you know, with COVID, it got canceled. But, yeah, I feel like I did as, as good as I could in that moment, you know? So you thought sure. you were stacked up well against the other yeah, nine? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's really cool. Um, so then I'm going to ask you about this because we, we have it down here. Tannen's Magic Camp? Yes. What's that? So that's a magic shop in Vegas. like a, Or not Vegas, in New York, New York City, I think it is. Yeah, it's in New York City. It's a big magic shop, one of the biggest ones like still around today. There's not very many left. And they've been around for a long time. And they also have camps that they do mm-hmm. so they'll do this huge camp where you go down for a week and you kind of like there's all these workshops so there'll be stuff just on stage magic or stuff on close-up magic or how to build tricks like social media everything you could think of that would have to do with magic as an avenue they kind of have a teacher for and they're famous magicians there teaching it you know like there'll be michael carbonero or there'll be sometimes david blaine or there'll be uh shin lim or something like that and they'll be teaching these these courses and it, it's like over a thousand dollars and you go down for a week and you meet them and you, you stay there for a week and they have that like every summer they do it. Yeah. So was that, I mean, was that a big deal to go down to that? Was it your first time? So I did it online cause COVID yep. also was during that time. And I think this was like the only year I could do it too. Like I didn't find out about it even until like the year I did it. Like I saw it advertised through something and you can only do it until I think you're 18. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And I ended up being all online. And I was like, I'll do it, you know, and it was, ended up being free too because of COVID. So I got to do it and I, and it was zoomed for like a whole week and it would be four hours a day and you'd be doing with all these magicians. So you'd enter which workshop you'd want to do. So you've seen the Carbonaro effect with Michael Carbonaro. And I don't know. True TV. Maybe. Yeah. What is it? So it's basically where he does magic on, it's on true TV. He does magic for people like in different settings, like in stores and stuff, but he won't, he's not saying he's a magician. He'll be like a worker. And they'll do something weird and they'll be like, yeah, you can buy this like goldfish sticker and they'll throw it in a bowl of water and they'll swim around as a real goldfish and tell people that's a product they can buy. Not saying he's a magician. They'll be gotcha. like, what? And they'll be like, I got to buy all these. And it's just a bunch of different stuff like that and messing with people, but not saying he's a magician. Oh, <laughs> so I definitely took his class. And then I ended up even like, I have his number. Like I even reached out to him after and wrote a paper on him and we zoomed called and really talked. Yeah. And it talked about his show and stuff like that. It was awesome. How, uh, have you seen, is it Shin Lim? Yeah. Have you seen him perform? Not in person, but I saw like when he was doing America's Got Talent. And um, I've talked to people that have like one of the guys named Perry. He is a magician that lives in Vegas right now. And he owns two magic shops there. But he used to live down here as a kid. And I just met with him a couple of days ago. And he's like best friends with Shin Lim. And he was telling me about when he was helping Shin Lim like create his acts for America's Got Talent and helping him like further his career and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I found he was incredible. Yeah, he is good. Like yeah. now when you watch it, are you able to figure out what he's doing? Yeah. You have an idea? Yeah, a lot of it's I don't want to spoil it, but No, that's fine. No, I don't give it away, but yeah. I'm saying like you could you could pick some of the stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know some of it I was watching like when he was pulling cards that like he was actually pulling cards with like black felt behind it. And then I like, and again, I don't know how real this is, but of course it might just might be like conspiracy theories on magic, you know, from people. But 
when you watch him on um, AGT, like the stuff he was doing, and of course he had like the smoke and he had the things yeah. that kind of added to it. Good showmanship, yeah. Oh, incredible. And I mean, he moved very fluid, but I think a lot of it was in the presentation, yeah. as you had said. Like, I'm sure some of those tricks are like, easy. I know how to do that, but just the way he was able to kind of flow into the, like, Put it, together. it was almost like a dance. Yeah. It, was, it was incredible what he did. Um, so, but is it, what other magicians do you, do you, you said David Blaine, you said the, the, uh, the guy with the goldfish in the water on the TV show. Yeah, Michael Carbonaro. Yeah, and then uh, David Copperfield too. He's a. Uh, I like watching older videos. Like I have some of his older He's discs. Not, is he still doing magic right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. He is okay. Actually, yeah. <laughs> he's had a few lawsuits recently though. Okay, because I know he's very he's very famous. Like yeah, David, yeah. He did. Uh, I met actually somebody that worked for him, and he's also part of one of the lawsuits against him. But <laughs> okay, he, one of the lawsuits he has is he did this trick where he made people. It was on the news. I remember watching it. He made people go into this box and they lifted it up and they disappeared. Like the box dropped and it was just empty and they were gone. But what happened was his crew was trying to get them, like, part of the trick to push him off. He had to reveal how it was done because he was in court for it. And he had to push him out the other side. And he's like, go, go, go. And he's, like, pushing these the people of the audience, like, out of the side of it, like, to hurry so he, like, they could raise the box up and make them disappear. And a lot of people got hurt. Like, gotcha. Like, fell and hit their head and stuff like that. So they ended up suing him. Because, um, yeah, so. <laughs> so so when, when you, you kind of look at magic, I mean, where, where do you figure out ideas or where do you connect? I mean, are there groups? Are you part of like just network that eventually you just kind of meet up with people that do magic? Kind of. Or are you kind of like a lone wolf? Like, well, yeah, I'd say lone wolf. You know, like I, I'm in a group chat with some magicians that were from that Tannen's magic camp that yep. they're all live far away though. Like time zones are different and everything. And I don't ever participate in it or anything like that. Cause I just find, you know, I, I don't know, just, kind of keep to myself with it, you know, stick to my own path with it. Do you find, uh, do you try to make, like, are you kind of one of the, like a mysterious kind of magician? Like you try to have an element of like, kind of like Shim Lin, I think, but like you always felt he was kind of like a creepy guy. Like when you do the tricks, but you're like, this guy seems kind of like, you know, he had like the flip in the hair and he would always be these like looks, which is part of his act. Right. I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but you always like, there always seemed like there was like a, like a very mysterious part right, where you yeah. kind of like, you know, kind of could separate himself from like normal people. Right. Do you find that like that's part of it or is there different kind of like, I say themes, but different kind of vibes you can give as magician? Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Like with Chris Andrews, got that, like that dark, yep, creepy type one. And then you got, I'm more of just, I mess with people a lot. Like just we'll mess with them and think it's funny to entertain myself. <laughs> so you're more of like a jokester kind of. Yeah. But you know, I'll get serious with it and stuff. But sometimes because in high school, I loved messing with people. Even in college. Like, you can ask some of my friends I just graduated with. I'd sit there, and I'd look over at them. And I'd be like, you hear that, right? And they'd be like, what? And then I'll cough up an egg. Right? In the middle of class, i do this. And I can't thank my teacher, Rebecca Fox, enough, my professor, my criminal justice professor, for dealing with it. And because, thank goodness, she loved magic because I was doing it all the time. This was in college? Yeah. I'd sit right in the college professor's class, and I'd look over, and I went, I just... And he knew, like my friend Henry, I'd look at him and he tried not to look at me because he knew I was, was going to do something. And I'd cough up like multiple eggs, pull them out of my shoe, right? Just crazy stuff. And I'd be like, how like that? actual eggs. Yeah. And I'd be like, how did that get there? And I just act so confused, right? Because I love messing with people. I just entertain myself and I bring that into my magic all the time. Like <laughs> just everything like that. You know what I mean? Like I'll take, like I'll pull a cheeseburger out of my sweatshirt. That's like super hot or something like that. I just do the most random stuff. And a lot of it was in class. I'd, 
I would spend more time figuring out what I could do in class to mess with people than I would study. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's all good. It was just all the time. And I, I don't know. And thank goodness my college, like my college hired me to perform there too. So I leave early and perform for the yeah. events. So I think that's also why they were kind of cool with it. And, but she would act like she wouldn't see it and stuff. But I would like put cards on people or, and now when I do magic for like people in real life, like I was doing a state trooper party for these awesome group of guys and I would take sticky notes and I would stick it to their back. Right. And they're like, Oh, what is that? It's part of the trick. It has nothing to do with the trick. I'm just think it's funny. That this guy's back's covered with sticky notes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then they, they got to kind of like see what's magic and what's not. And then I got to the point where I went, I just tap his back and he thought I'd put a sticky note on him. So now every time I see my tap, I put my hand in my pocket and I'd smack his back and he'd be like, look around, there'd be nothing there. So there's such like an entertaining part just for me to mess with people. You know what I mean? I, yeah. And I incorporate that into my magic so much now. Like when I go and do restaurant magic, I'll just mess with people so much. Like I'll grab their phone and I'll, I'll do a trick with their phone. I'll show you later. But sometimes I'll just grab it like this and I'll act really mysterious and I'll just be like, and I'll just look them in the eyes and I'll be like, it's done. Right. And they'll just start dying laughing because I didn't do anything, but just tap their phone. So they don't know what's going to happen yeah. next. I'm just messing with but them. You kind of have that, you have that status or that clout. They're like, wait, this guy, uh, he yeah. must've done something. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll check and they think their phone's hacked or something or all the time. So I, I truly love what I do. And I think that's one of the reasons is because I spend so much time trying to entertain myself, you know? And people always be like, do this trick again, do this trick again. And sometimes I won't because I want to. Sometimes it'll be boring to me because I've seen it before. So I'll try to do something else. So I was going to say, if you're having fun, people feed off that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, no, I, I, I think that's great. I think the, the element of, yeah, I, I just think that having fun and, and seeing, especially magicians when you know they're having a good time with it. Like yeah. there's one guy I remember watching, I don't know his name. And he he was um, more of like a mentalist kind of guy. Right. And he was doing magic and he was doing ment- like thinking of stuff and coming up. But he was very fun and jokester and was kind of just cracking jokes almost like a stand-up in yeah. between his routine and was just hitting him with these magic and but he was funny he was entertaining where you wanted to tune in where you get some magicians like you said they don't have good showmanship they're like cool trick but they're boring exactly and i think that magic ma- magic to me is something that's really cool but if you see it a bunch sometimes it could get kind of stale and you're mm-hmm. like okay but if you keep adding elements like like almost like stand up. Like you right. can listen to so many jokes, but like there's certain people that just have be- just a better presence right. about them that really dry you in. Um, in a day, how much do you feel that you perform or I say perform? Do you practice magic or learn magic or even just watch videos or like you're consumed with magic? Um, I'd say pretty constantly. Like even if I'm doing something where let's say if I'm watching TV, I'll have cards in my hand mm-hmm. and I'm just practicing you know what i mean not necessarily have to look but if there's something i'm working on i'll just practice that same thing over and over again practice a cut yep yep and i'll just do that over and over again you know and i feel like and not even i might not even be practicing anything you know what i mean like i might just be holding them like this and moving them around just to constantly always have that you know feel of where the cards are so that's another thing that i'll do too and i'm guessing that's just gotten better over time yeah it's yeah. like someone that plays piano or plays guitar like you're, you're like you're not even, their hands are just moving exactly yeah it's like such muscle memory and even in high school i'd have my teachers print my notes for me so i didn't have to write them so i could practice while i'm listening so when i'd be listening i'd be doing stuff with the cards that way i wouldn't have to write like the rest of the students would i'd be using the cards and i just get them all printed to me because they already have them there so they just on the side i'd ask them to print it and then i practice that so in desk. class you're moving cards yeah Really? Yeah, so, so teachers are like cool with that. Yeah, because I'm not I'm not distracting anybody. I just hold it and I'd watch, you know. So Okay. Yeah. Um so I you've trained with Royce Gracie. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I, I got some random factoids about you, which is, yes, so <laughs> t- tell me about jujitsu. So, <laughs> like, when did you start this? And we'll get back to the cards, because we're going we're gonna to do yeah, a couple absolutely. tricks here. But, yeah, talk about jujitsu. Jujitsu has become an unbelievable passion of mine, like, right up there with magic. Absolutely. Like, I love them both the same. Really? Yeah, I love it. And I do it four times a week with Rob Hughes, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school. It's in uh, Beekman Town on Spelman Road. And he's just, I did karate for three years in high school. Yep. And I was like, I thought I could defend myself, right? And when I went to jiu-jitsu, everything out the door. Like, unbelievable. It kicked, just better. kicked my butt. I felt like I didn't know anything. Because the stuff they know, like the warm-up alone, almost makes you want to pass out. And he's such, he's a retired state trooper and he's a third degree or fourth degree now black belt in jujitsu. Okay. And just this guy, I can't even describe enough to you how talented and strong and amazing he is. Like, it's just unbelievable. The stuff he knows. Like I was rolling with him one time and I thought I was actually doing good. And I felt him like crawling and he was checking the time on his watch while he was trying to tap me out. That's how good he is. Like he's just on and, and jujitsu just it checks your ego at the door you know what i mean mm-hmm. and everybody in there is like such a family and stuff and it's i highly recommend it to anybody and it takes 10 years to get a black belt in jiu-jitsu how long's rob been doing it <sighs> probably longer than you've been alive yeah like stupid amount stupid amount of time i i've like, i've heard really cool things or like good things about him yeah. um and i know a couple people that um that go there um i've never done it i've always thought like i i don't have time to do it right now right. just with family and stuff but I've seen so, and I, obviously, like you hear, like guys like Rogan or Jocko, and all these guys really talk about jujitsu. Yeah. Um, it seems really cool. I have no, I have no background in it besides. I think it would be a great workout, and obviously, you're learning body awareness mechanics. And um, so, what's your favorite thing about jujitsu? Probably just what it does to my mindset. You know what I mean, and, and to my body, like just going there and knowing, like, like I got jujitsu after this too. I do it four times a week, and mm-hmm. just knowing what you're in for you know, in the workout that you're going to sweat. Like I've been, I just got my blue belt and it take, takes two years to get a blue belt around two years. And I almost passed out last class because I just so much energy I used up. Like, cause you got to control. And my partner is my father. Okay. So we've been, we started together and we're doing it together. We want to get our black belts together and like we'll roll together. And he's a Mason. He does masonry. So he's working out oh, yeah. all day, every yeah, day. He's you got dad strength. Grip strength and yeah. everything. And you know, father and son, and he just wants to make sure. Yeah, I got know, that old man strength. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't want that. I don't want him to get the best of me. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, we go, like, so hardcore, and I literally, it was the end of the class, and we go to slap hands, and I almost passed right out because I used, like, all my energy. And I literally started to, like, start to get, like, that feeling where everything's turning black. Yeah, yeah. And then my uh, hearing started to get very low. Like, I couldn't hear what people were saying. <laughs> I almost passed out. So, so how long are, are like rounds of it? Is it three minutes, five minutes? Uh, right now we're it's we're tournament training because we got a tournament coming up in the end of August. So five minute rounds for these. So cool. he'll he'll start with just the warm up and then, and the warm ups are crazy. Like you'll like walk on your hands down the mat. You'll do these shrimp calling. You do forward rolls. You do backward rolls. You do all this crazy stuff to get you just worked into it. And yeah. then he'll do like takedown rounds and he'll get into moves and then we'll roll and we'll do more teach us moves and we'll roll again and it's just a straight hour of go 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 you know so it's about an hour yeah and but, it's not like you take breaks like no i was gonna say you're yeah, rolling the whole like time he'll teach you like he'll go and teach a move and that's when everybody's like like laying down and like huffing and puffing and he'll teach you moves like all right five and five and then you'll get with your partner and do it and then he'll teach you another move so it's not like 
you just keep going. And do you wear the full gi and everything? Yep. Yeah. He uh, does no gi too, but yeah, I do like the gi. Most classes. people wear geese. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's not something I know a whole ton about, but I'm fascinated by it. And I, I like, I love USC and like, yeah. you, you, you should try it. You I, love I, it. I think it's like bucket list for me. It's just, it's also one of those just with kids and stuff. It's right. like, I just don't have much time to go out no, and yeah, do that stuff. It. But I think um, in the future, I think I, something I would get into and just absolutely. like try it. And everybody I know that does it absolutely loves it. Yeah. You know, and, so they're like, you got to keep doing it. And it's such a great thing. Like, I feel like a lot of people see it and too are intimidated by it. Cause like what I'm talking about, I'd say like, it's hard, but the way you feel after every class, you feel amazing that you just worked out and you did something that's going to further yourself. You know, each day goes by 24, everybody has 24 hours. So that day is going to go by no matter what. So if you're going and you're helping yourself to learn something like a life skill, you know what I mean? How to defend yourself, yourself and protect yourself. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. And Rob does a great job teaching. Rob learned from Julio across the lake and you know, Julio is awesome too. Julio trained with all the Gracies and like Hicks and Gracie and Horace yeah. Gracie and stuff. And the, so the lineage is, is awesome. How, uh, so where'd you train with Royce? Where was that? That was in Vermont. A, a Gracie, a new Gracie school that opened up. Yeah. It was a big seminar and Hoist was there. Oh, that I pronounced, I probably pronounced it wrong. Yeah. Royce. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Royce. Um, I mean, I remember hearing the names, but I don't know them all, but I know like the Gracie family is like yeah. iconic. Yeah. Like, like pioneers of it. I was crazy. actually, we were looking it up like, um, uh, yeah, you won UFC one, two and four, yeah. which obviously <laughs> back then was like no holds bar. Like it just, anything goes kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and obviously at this point it's gotten to, it's like anything else you, um, over time you start to, like, it's kind of like UFC is pretty new. Um, like I like watching golf. Like when you they just had like the, I don't know if you follow golf at all, but they just had like the British open. Well, the British Open's been going on for 150 years. So wow. when you look at the scores of the original British Open, it was like 12 guys that played. Wow. And but you look at it like it probably wasn't super competitive back then, it, it, to an extent. But now you're getting to the point where there's like science. Like guys are looking at spin numbers on balls because they're that dialed in. Um, and what's happened is you're really starting to fine tune the kind of player that can compete or the, the yeah. So like I think UFC. That's why when you watch UFC, most of the guys that can compete are so like you might say this guy's got better grappling or better jujitsu, but overall or kickboxing, but overall they're all pretty much molded right. very similar because you have to be because they've gotten so well rounded. Yeah, it's almost like you're just polishing that kind of athlete that they all kind of fit this mold. Um, I mean, I love obviously I love Conor McGregor, but you know when he was in like kind of his height or you know the height, but you start getting some of these other guys that. Like uh, Justin uh, Gaethje, or Gaethje? Justin, yeah, Justin Gaethje, who like I love watching him fight, and he, you know, and then you get like Cowboy Cerrone, and you get yeah. all these guys that are just different styles. Um, <laughs> you know, Jose Aldo, and and and, but it's cool watching them and just like what they, all the skills they learn. Yeah, because like Jiu-Jitsu is like only a portion of what they know, mm-hmm. which is insane it's, to me that yeah. they can put all these together. Like even when you think of like DC, like how good he is at grappling and wrestling and all that, but like he knows everything, and he's a big yeah. guy. Like he's not. I don't know how much you weigh or what you would fight at, but I mean, he's, you know, he's fighting what heavyweight, light heavyweight. Yeah. Those, those are big crazy. boys that are rolling and tumbling. So, um, so have you competed at that or is this your first competition? Uh, I competed in Boston when I was first starting as a white belt. Me and my friends all went down and we stayed in the hotel and did like a, a big group trip in, in Nashua. And we went and performed or I went and it was 
super early the tournament so we went like the first day spent the night and then i think we spent two nights but yeah the tournament took all day it was super long so what, what's in a turn how does a tournament run is it like elimination round robin um sometimes i think it's this one coming up round robin i think that one was round robin too and we went up and it starts super early in the morning and they have all they have like six mats mm-hmm. all the way across whatever room they're in and there'll be a bunch going at a time. So it usually starts like with the young kids, they'll go first. And then on the other side, it'll be like white belts. And then I think it'll go blue and it'll, it'll go up by that. And there'll also be at the end, there's no gi. So it's the same thing. Just you're not wearing a gi. So it'll, and it'll go all day. Like it took, it took forever. What, what's the, is there a difference between gi and no gi? Is it just like, obviously there's no cloth to grab. So is yeah, it just... it's different grips and stuff like that. And okay. I noticed a lot with no gi, it's a lot of leg locks. So a lot of people go for leg locks, foot locks and all knee bars and stuff like that. Cause it's easy to grab your leg and yank on it and stuff. So with gi, there's a lot, a lot of people go for chokes and stuff. But I see a lot with no gi, they go for leg locks. Just because like you get closer to the body. Yeah. And you can more to grab fabric, onto. fabric yeah. can slip. Yeah. Um, have you ever gone no gi? Yeah, I did no. I competed in no gi because it was free with, the fight with the gi mm-hmm. it was free to do it both so i was like oh you know i'll try it but i didn't ever do no gi like train it before i went into the competition and whew, the leg locks and stuff like that are just one after another <laughs> but that would be like the advanced version like you'd think that no gi would be more advanced or is they both just different no just different you know like i'd personally rather train with a gi any day because you can even it's cool because even tricks you can do with a gi you can do on people with sweatshirts you know what i mean like there's this uh submission called the bone arrow choke where okay. you'll basically grab their gi from one side and pull it around their neck and then you'll grab their pant legs and you just extend your body and it kind of chokes them chokes them out and i was i roll a lot in my living room like with any friends that come over it just ends up happening and these guys do jujitsu also some yeah some of them do some of them just were wrestlers in high school or they just you want to see like so there's not some to, like poor kid that's just yeah. like, what the heck are you doing? Well, I'm going to try to test it too, to try to see like they know yeah. how to do jujitsu and they'll, they'll try to do something. And you know, I'm even curious because I, you want to test to see if it works. And I went against one of my friends and I just grabbed, and it works with a shirt too. I just grabbed where I would grab the gi and I just pulled the material under his neck. And then instead of grabbing his pants, cause they didn't have, they were wearing shorts. I just stuck my hand under and grabbed the hamstring, just extended and it worked, you know? So, and a lot of the chokes too, that we do in jujitsu. Like we're learning a lot of ones that don't involve the gi as well. Mm-hmm. Like just a rear naked choke or an arm bar. You don't need a gi, you know, or a knee on chest, a bunch of stuff you don't even need a gi for. But it's just cool because a lot of times people are wearing, you know, when you go against people, they're probably going to be wearing clothes anyways. Yeah. So you can just do the same thing, just pull tighter and it works the same. That's wild. Have you ever been, uh, have you ever blacked out Been choked out? Close a lot of the times. I mean, yeah. you, you tap out before. Yeah. Like when me and my dad rolls. Because in jujitsu, you know, the longer you do it, sometimes you'll learn that don't use too much strength. Jiu-jitsu is made for the little guy to beat the big guy, you know. So if you're using too much strength, you don't want to do that. You want to result to just doing the move. So it's jujitsu, you know, you know, you shouldn't be using, trying to overpower your opponent. So if you're trying to pull and pull and yank, you don't want to use up all of your energy. So if you see something's not working, you're not going to keep using your energy, try to pull them. You're going to let go and try to do something else. So when my dad's rolling with me, sometimes he'll get me in a choke. And I'll, I'll try to hold out as long as I can. And if he sees it's not working, he'll let go because he doesn't want to use up his energy. So, but sometimes it, do, it does work. So like, you're almost playing defense at that point. Yeah, but sometimes he does have it in. But I'm trying to not show him that he does have it in. So he'll let go. And there'll be close times where I almost pass out. You know what I mean? But he'll end up 
because you won't, I want I want to think it's not working. You so, know? so so there is some mind games as all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's uh, it sounds really cool because again, it's it's very uh, it's very simplistic. It's two like yeah. two people like whatever the you know obviously the the end result would be a choke or a tap or whatever. Yep. But they're both trying to do it to each other, and that's it. I mean, there's nothing else. Yeah. There's no equipment. There's no exactly really no bounce. I mean, there there's you you would have to roll in a circle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you go out, but there's no cage or anything, it's just yeah. So it's just like an open mat, and everybody will have their own section. They'll, they'll basically stay in it because people don't go like too far. They usually kind of stay in their own their own position. But yeah, it's tough. I've, like my first four months in, I got my arm hyperextended. You know, because we're brand new and we're trying to learn like arm bars and stuff. And you know, if you're not careful, it's it's dangerous, especially when you're rolling. But he always say, Coach, would be like, remember, it's not your first UFC fight because <laughs> everybody gets so like intense into it. But it's just it's such a camaraderie, like the friendship and the family, like. We just had a pig roast dinner that we all did. Like everybody from our school went and yeah. we had mats out on like the campground and people were practicing and stuff. And it's such a family and such a good group of people and everybody just wants to help each other get better. How many people go roughly per class or per? Sometimes there'll be like, I think the most I was in a class was like 30 people. Like wow. it fills up. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So yeah. it's, it's starting to grow. Yeah. And he does it Tuesdays in the morning and then two classes at night on Tuesdays. And then he does the same thing on Thursday. Then he does a class on Saturday then he does a no-gi class right after that. And then he does class on Sunday. And then does MMA class after that. And he oh, lives wow. in Vermont. So he comes over and he just hard worker. He does so many classes. Is he know? still a trooper? No, he's retired. But he'll go up to Albany and he'll teach self-defense classes. To, oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay, yeah. Too. So he's constantly doing stuff. It's crazy. I was going to say, so he must be in phenomenal shape. <sighs> he's like... I think he's like 53 and he's the most in shape person I've ever seen in my life. That's wild. Like I, I wish to look like him when I'm that age. It's just, and he, I've never, he went against this one huge guy I was watching in class and the guy and my coach is way smaller than this guy. He like passes his guard and accidentally like headbutts him and knocked him out. <laughs> like knocked him out and he had to wake him up. Can you headbutt people? No, he just, and it was an accident. Like, oh, just oh, hit like, heads, but he's like made a steal. You know what I mean? Like everything about it, because he's, he's just, just hard. Yeah. He's just like a rock. You know what I mean? So everything that he does, is like, is strong. And, <laughs> like it's crazy. I can't. I can't even describe how so, good this so guy is. So you've rolled with him before? Yeah, but he just messes. Like he doesn't try to. Like when he, he just tries to help you. You know what I mean? Because obviously he can beat me no problem. So I'm, I'm assuming you said fourth degree. He just moves so fluently that, like, it's it almost just, looks like he's like a like a a, a jellyfish or something, just yeah. kind of moving around. And he has so many. He knows so much that like anything. You could do any move to him. Like it's to the point where you can't even play defense because he'll make you give him something. Like if you don't want to give him an arm, he'll get that arm and give you an arm bar if he wants. He could say, I want to get that left arm and an arm bar. He could tell you that and he'll does, get that. Does in. he compete? No. I, sometimes he does, but, and he probably just cleans I, house. He's I find, so I was going to say, I find sometimes that, like guys that are just so good at teaching, they're just kind of like, I'm just over, mm -hmm. like I'm over the competing part. I just want to train and help mm -hmm. people. And, and he says, when we ask him, he says there's like a sacrifice too. You got to give when you, decide to not compete you decide to coach and stuff because mm -hmm. you gotta you know you gotta focus on your the people you're coaching and stuff and help them and stuff like that so yeah yeah that's cool no i've heard good things about him for mm -hmm. sure i definitely recommend it to anybody you know um all right so let's do some magic here yeah let's uh, do it. can i go can we go live on this are yeah. you cool with that yeah we can do it um let me see what i got here let's see let's try um i'm gonna try to do Try Facebook. Maybe that would be more fun. Um, 
Okay, let me see. Let me just make sure I'm not screwing this up because this, this will actually be the first time we've ever gone live. Hey, on, that's pretty cool. On a podcast. So I'm just trying to do this where I don't screw it up and we can actually, wait, oh, wait, done. Oh, we can go on both of them? What a world. Oh, that's cool. What a world right now, folks. Okay, start live video. We're not going to do that. We're going to flip it. Tap to add a description. Live magic on... Let me see if I can tag you in this. Wyatt. I wonder if I can... Oh, Wyatt Hackett Illusionist. Wow. Okay. Is this Facebook or is this Instagram? This is Facebook public cool. post. Sorry, folks, if you're listening to this, this is going to be very cool all over the place. But let me see if I can do. Nope, I think we're good. Live video, start live video, starting live broadcast. I'm so. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, we're live. Very so, cool. So, so folks, um, I'm trying to see if people. Wait, we're going to zoom back here. Okay, folks, this is live, Galen Trombley Show, episode 198 with Wyatt Hackett. It should be coming out tomorrow or the next day. Uh, maybe tonight if I, I'm feeling uh, ambitious, but we're going to get some live magic. This is Wyatt. Um, you'll listen to the podcast. We won't dive in too much. He's fantastic. He's going to do us some cool tricks here. Um, yeah, so take it away. Perfect. Okay, so can you name a number for me, 1 through 10? Doesn't matter. Got it. What number would you like? Doesn't even matter. Tell you five. Yeah, five. Is five your favorite one through ten? Or do you not have a favorite? Nah, we'll just go five. Okay. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have a favorite. Okay, tell me when to stop. It doesn't matter where. Right there. Don't look. Just or you take this. Is it a good I number? The, should I show yeah, the yeah. crowd? Is it a good number? Should I show the crowd? Okay, <laughs> it's, it's it's a great number. Is it five? It, it is five. <laughs> look though, we'll try it this way too. Here, can you actually take this deck for me? You want me to hold it for you to see so that can. Okay. The other way. Yep. Like, let me hold the phone for you. You're gonna do the. Oh, whole okay. Trick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Flip, flip it around. Like this. Okay. Okay. So ready? Deal cards one at a time, face down from the top in a pile. Yeah, as many as you want. Just like right this? There. Yeah, you stop whenever you want. Whoa, whoa. I didn't give it away, folks. <laughs> okay, stop. And then put that deck aside. We don't need it anymore. You can pick up those cards and deal them into two piles back and forth. We're just going to make a combined card here. All the way through? Yeah. Okay. So flip over the top card in each pile. We're going to make a combined card. So you have... You're going to take the value of one card and the suit of the other. So do you want the eight of hearts or do you want the two of spades? It's up okay, to you. Okay, got it. What would you like? Tell you? Yep. Two of spades. You sure? Yes. It's up to you. I want two of spades. Whatever you pick right now, it's going to be your choice. Two of spades. You don't want to change it. I do not. And you dealt as many cards as you wanted? Yes. See that deck right there? Yes. Flip over the deck and look at the bottom card. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know isn't that cool that's yeah so i here okay Thank i'll give you. this back that, yeah. that was pretty wild isn't that one weird i don't even know how. see long. that's the best one you, we just talked about that like Thank getting you. people involved getting like getting the audience involved but i have yeah. No, yeah i don't even know how that one's done you know I, so. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like pulling eggs out of your shoes right yeah exactly but okay we'll try this one too sometimes it works okay but. This one's one of those 10% of the times it works. Look, I'll do it, Every my, time. I'll do it with my eyes closed, though. It'll be really fair. Okay, let's see here. See, I can feel. Yeah. This seems like a good one, too. Okay, ready? I'm going to turn my head. Just tell me when to stop. It's up to you. Stop. Don't show me this card. You can show the camera, though. Do you like it or you want to change it? We'll, we'll, we'll keep it. Okay. 
Put the card in the deck wherever you'd like. It doesn't even matter. Want me to make it? Want me to make it flush? Wherever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want to see it sticking out? No, no. I don't want to know where it is. A little sloppy. Okay. There we go. Good? Yes. Okay. Watch this. I'll close my eyes again. Try to feel where the card would be. Now, it's hard. Usually, I put the card back in the deck, but you put it back into the deck this time, right? Yeah, and your eyes were closed. And I shuffled it before. So, this is going to be really hard. Let's shuffling before, shuffling after. Name any number 1 through 52, and it'll be in that location. 24. 1, 2, this 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. How crazy would it be if this was your card? I, this would be, yes. There would be no way. This would be pretty wild. Your card? No. This wasn't it? No. What was it? Is this one of those ones where you're, you're screwing with me? I don't know. What, what was it? It, yeah. was the, it was the Jack of Clubs. Are you serious? Yeah. Stop. You see that card protruding out? Are you kidding me? You see that? Where it says extra pens and cards. Other cards. There's one card. Wait, are you kidding There's me? There's one card. <laughs> what the hell? Pull that out. Yeah, take that card out. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> what? Dude, that is insane. Is that your card? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. That doesn't make any sense. How is that possible? Are you kidding me? I don't even... That doesn't make sense. What the hell? I got goosebumps from that one. That one was crazy. Okay, folks. So people that can't see, because we're going live here. Um, wait, if we flip this around. Okay, this guy's been... I don't know what he just did. But um, I'll give you an idea. I'm going to flip it back around because he looks better flipping the cards than me talking. So he just did a trick. I picked out the card. I put it back in again. He was, had his eyes closed, shuffling it all around. I said 24 favorite number. He picked out the card. It was wrong in the deck. Then he told me to look up. And if anybody's been in my office, I'm sitting in my normal seat above me is a shelf that I would argue is seven, probably six and a half, seven feet above the ground. And it was wedged between two boxes that have not been touched probably in a while sitting up there. And then the other thing is on the back of his card, was like your logo so wasn't it check check him out on tiktok yeah that was insane so this this, basically he did not move and the card that i picked that i gave back to him somehow went across i actually have like goosebumps on this went across (laughs) the room up about 10 feet away up about seven feet and was wedged between two boxes and you never left the seat and your eyes were closed that was weird (laughs) so i like again these okay i We'll try that was insane. One. This will be more fair because I feel like more fair. That was like yeah. I, I literally I don't know how you did it. You know what though? I mean I don't. I, everybody says that with magic, but I'm saying you physically did not leave your seat, and there's a card. What's not fair though is well to make it more fair and more I don't challenging. Know what I'm doing to me is if we use two cards. So this time we're gonna take the value of one card, right? Like we did the other one and the suit of the other. So the first card you pick, let's say it's a five. You'd remember the five second card to say it's club be five of clubs. Okay. Correct. That way, when we put the two cards together, it's going to be so hard because then it's unlimited combinations. All right. So look, ready? Wherever you want. Doesn't matter. Right there. So don't look at this card. That's just going to be the number card that you use. Okay. Don't look at it. Yeah. Tell okay. me to step again. 
right there. So then this will be the suit card. So number of that card and suit of that card, you should have a combined card. You can look at it now. Look both? Yeah, just the number of the first Does it matter card. which one I show first? Uh, you can do that one because that's the first one. Just remember that number though. So that's, this is the number. We don't care about the suit. Okay, there we go. We got the number and, and then, then the next one's a suit? Yep, so the suit. So if that was a nine, that was a diamond, it'd be nine diamonds. Okay. So we got a combined card. And then put those two wherever. So that way... And I should remember both of these. No, no. Just remember the number and suit. of Because you're going to have a combined card. So let's say yeah, that first... But I can pick one right now just so I don't forget. What do you mean? Like, you see this card? That's that my one. number. Say that was... Yeah. And then the suit. Yep. Oh, so that's my... I got you. Okay. So now you got a combined yep, card. I got both. And then put them in different locations. Okay. That way it's impossible for me. There's so many combinations in a deck of cards. I won't know which okay. one to look for. And makes it much more difficult. Because, you know, if you were to shuffle cards... And then can I cut them? Yeah. As much like, as you want. And if you were to shuffle cards, I have since, no clue where these cards are. Like, People, I'm, I'm literally <laughs> doing like drunk shuffling right now with one hand as I'm trying to record. Okay. That means there should be one card you have in your head right now. Yes, I have the card in my head. So for folks that aren't seeing, he gave me two cards. One was a number. So basically it was like a card and a card. So I take the number and the suit, put them together. We have that. I drunk shuffled it back into the deck. That way there's no way. Because if you were to shuffle cards since the day like the earth was started... Until now, Big you would bang. never have the same combination because there's so many. So this combination that you shuffled right now will be different from any combination ever. Okay. You know what I mean? So look, what's crazy is this. When you find it this way, though, this is the most efficient way when they tell you to find a card. I'm still shook by the last one. Sorry. Keep going. Yes. This is the one? No. Of course okay, it's where, not. where is it now? That would be too easy. This is the one-handed card trick. Watch. <laughs> what? What was the card for the first time? Oh my God. You want the actual thing? Yeah. Ten of hearts. <laughs> I, I don't. Oh, <laughs> Are you I'm sorry? like shook right now. This is. How? That makes no sense at all. <laughs> yeah. I don't even get. I have 52 of them in my pocket. This is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, that's cheating. That's crazy. Yeah, so stuff like that, you know, that one. Yeah, just simple stuff like that. Just yes, more to learn that in your local uh, yeah, magic shop. Local magic shop. That's <laughs> no, insane. Yeah, that one's 100% original, too. Like both of those. Really? Yeah, I made both those tricks up. That's insane. Yeah. And so, again, for people watching on the video that have not watched this whole thing, he's been telling, like, how he's been doing all this stuff all the way, like, how he comes up with ideas and tricks and things like that. And yeah. a lot of the tricks he does are completely original that he just takes different themes of magic and combines them. Correct. Just to make, it I don't know how that was done. That was, I mean, I don't know how any of this is done, but like my mind is blown. So again, people on, I should say this. So people watching live, I got two things going here. So the one we just did, we combined everything 10 of hearts. So what did he, what he did was he gave, obviously again, showed me the wrong card on top of the deck. Then he reached into his pocket and pulls out um, I don't know the dimension, maybe uh, 18 inches by 12 inch folded up card that he unfolds to make 12 by 18. So this massive, big unfolded card that is the 10 of hearts, which is what I had originally that he folded all up. Yeah. So it's Some just, weird again, it's just, it's just weird how this happens. But so again, for people that can't see, we got a card on the table. That's this massive card. That's probably like, I don't know, 20 times the size of a regular card, which was the card that I combined and was in his pocket that I picked both randomly out of the deck. Yeah. And another thing too that we got to mention is that with card tricks, right? 
it's hard because the reason card tricks fool so many people is because when you start mixing them up, like it's easy to follow one card. But when you mix them up, then it gets confusing to find, you know, which card. So look, this time I'll show you since you're, you're going to decide this whole trick. Does this look about halfway, give or take a few? Give or right. take four. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I would have put these fives upside down just to mark the halfway point. Okay. okay. And what we're going to do is we'll use this red king and then we'll use this black king. Okay. So what you're going to do is if you think this card is red, I'll put it in the red pile. If you think it's black, we'll put it in the black pile. It's up to you. So I just pick red or black. Yeah, you tell me whatever. Okay, go red. We'll go until we get to the fives. Okay. Red. Black. Red. Red. Black. 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 Red. Black. Red. Black. 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 Red. 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 Really try to screw them up here. Black. Black. Hey, Stetson. Black. Black. All right, perfect. Kay. Now, you ever and Carissa, hear, sorry about that. You ever and, hear in psychology how your left side controls one half and your right side controls a different half of your brain? Yep. So this time we're flipping it completely. If you think it's black, you're going to do it right here this time. If you think it's red, it's right here. So the rest of the deck, wherever you think. Okay, so uh, same thing. So black, 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 black. It's gonna be weird. Just put them red, all on black. red, red, black, red, red, black, black, red, 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 black, red, red, black, red, and black, 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 black. Okay, in just a sec for people that did not know and they kept hearing me say black and red. Um, we got two cards. One's a king of hearts. One's a yeah, no, king, red king of heart. Well, obviously, uh, hearts. And then we have a king of spades. And then he was putting in red or black under those categories, and he flipped it. And then there's a five of clubs and a five of diamonds and red and black on those two. This was your complete choice as well? These are my complete choices. And anybody on Instagram, and if you're listening to this, go over to my Facebook page. You'll see the live photo, live video. So go ahead. You don't want to change anything. You're messing with me. Switch, switch the last two cards. I, this is insane. Anything else? Or you feel comfortable? Um, it's up to you. I don't want you to think well, I'm actually do this. As well. Switch the fifth card in of each pile. So go down five cards. Five. Take that one and I'm switch just it. Put it here so we don't get them mixed. As okay, well. and then take five. Three, four, five. And then switch that one. So and switch. To, nope. And switch both of those. Like this, and you want this one here? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, this is gonna be freaky. Good. Yes. So you think all these are black? Yes. And all these. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Look at every single one you got right. This is insane. Your switching was right. That that's because I my mind powers are so good that I changed them all, right? That's crazy. That's how magicians practice their intuition. So you're pretty that's, spot that's, on. Is that how you is that how you organize a deck too? Yeah. So now it's organized. Isn't that so crazy? now we got our green or our reds and our blacks and everything. It's crazy. That, this is insane. So, so most of these tricks, you just did what? Three different tricks, four yeah. different tricks. Yeah. Um, all of those are those ones you've done before. Or do you find that like that one you said is kind of an original one you made up? So yeah. And that one, I didn't even know I was going to do that one. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I literally did it. I was, so that was just kind of one of the ones you said you just kind of freestyle as you yeah, go. Like that wasn't even like a thought. So it just happened like literally just now when we were doing it. <laughs> you just thought it'd be a good place to stick yeah. it. I was like, we could, we could do this trick. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So you th- this like this is how you really roll when you do tricks. Like, yeah, you just kind of time. like off the cuff. Just everything. Like right now, I don't even. This is crazy. Like people that are listening, people on 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 the live. Like this is like goosebump kind of freakiness. Isn't that crazy? And what's cool too though is this box. You see how it's empty? I even wrote my name on it. Because watch this, so I know this is the magic box. Make sure that's an ordinary box. There's nothing weird about that, right? Okay, regular box, folks. Bicycle opens up. I'm going to teach you a trick with that box. His name's on it. Let me see. There it is. That's actually who he is and a signature. This is what's cool, though. Look it. Watch how fair everything is in this trick, okay? I'm just going to show you. I'm not moving anything around. I'm not going to drop my hands below the table. Everything's going to be right here in front. So just take a card out. It doesn't matter which one you pick. It's a free choice. So you want me to? No, anyone you want. (laughs) (laughs) Show, right. the, cr- yeah, show yeah. the crowd. Yeah, just don't show me. Okay. We like it. Love it. Okay. Look it. We'll just. It doesn't matter too. And I'll go like this just to be fair as well. Don't forget what the card is. Yeah. I'll show you. It's not here or here. Just be fair. Okay. Now this one's cool because a lot of times when I do tricks, I drop cards all the time. Like sometimes the worst is when I drop the whole deck. But what happens is, look, I'll do half face up, half face down, just to show you. Because when I scoop them up. This is what it looks like because there's they drop in different directions. But don't tell me if you see your card. We're just gonna do it with all of them. But this happens so much that like in high school, I just I just leave them. I wouldn't even pick them up because it's embarrassing. <laughs> but this is I make a trick out of it now. So you see, half face up, half face down. Because when you scoop them up, it ends up in this big mess, and it's a pain to sort through. So I'll show you. you got back to face cards, cards that are face to back. Sometimes you got the back to the back ones. And look, what I figured is if you put it in this box like this and you mix it, they all go back to normal because the frame of the box shuffles them back in place. So they go back to normal, except for one card, though. What was your card? Three of clubs. That should do it. Yeah. Look at <laughs> Dead in the center, too. Exactly halfway is the three of clubs. Oh, God. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> Makes no sense. Um, yeah. Again, so people can't see, he mixed all the cards up, moved them all around, put them in an empty box, shook the box up. They all went back fo- face forward. They were The other ones were, like you said, back to back, yeah, all over the place. All over. Um, ended up putting them all back, flipped it out, put them all down. The only one that was face down was the one that we had picked originally, which was the three clubs. Yeah. that's Like, do you have a few? You, you don't have to tell me if you do, but... Do you have some people do like a favorite card in the deck? Some people do have it, but my favorite my favorite number is twenty four. So I have no favorite card on the deck. Oh, that makes sense. So because there's not okay. Yes, well, maybe a two and a four. Yeah, that works. But so we'll use this later. Tell me when to stop. Doesn't matter. Right there. So if I actually put actually name a card too. An actual card. Yeah. Let's do uh, the let's do the two of clubs. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll grab the two of clubs out of here too because that one usually helps me find it. Did you pick two because your first 24? Well, that and club looks like a shamrock. Close oh, as you can get. Hey. All right. Tell me there you to, go. Tell huh? me where to stop. It doesn't matter. Right there. So look, if I put this one next to the two, it helps. Watch. Tell me when to stop again. There. Okay. So we use these ones. So look, the two and the four, because 24 is your favorite number. Jeez. So isn't it crazy how they go together like that? Like it doesn't even make sense. And what's crazy though, is since two of clubs is your favorite, one of my favorite ways to get rid of a card, look, I'll actually do it like this. I'll actually put it here. This should work as well. When I mix them like this, this is when it gets confusing, right? 
But what's cool is the cards always go back to each other no matter where it is. So if we take your card, the two of clubs, right? And I'll actually we'll place it just right there so I can't use it. And Okay, you see this card? Yep. So I'm going to say, for argument's sake, this is my favorite card just so we can play the game right. Right? If I take this card like this, put your finger on your card. So wait, your, right, there we go. Your favorite card and my favorite card. Okay. Did you see it happen yet? No, but the moment in time when they switched. Go ahead. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even know. I, <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right now. So, <laughs> so ba basically, long story short, he had cards. He had a card in his hand. He put a card on the ground, told me to put my finger on it, showed me the card, went back. The card I had my finger on switched places with the one he just showed me, which was not with his finger on. This is, this is like voodoo stuff right here, folks. It's bizarre. Um, people watching, this is who it is. Wyatt Hackett, magician from the Adirondacks. Um, Wyatt, let's sign off there. Yeah. I don't want to give all your tricks away, but that was... Uh, tip of the I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I... My, I don't even, my favorite one, though, was the one, again, folks, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here. He shot it up 10 feet away, about six, seven feet up in the air, wedged between two boxes, never left his chair. And I gave him the card. He saw the card. It was on the table. So unless some ghost Casper's in my room, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. But um, Wyatt, um, magician from the Adirondack Solutionist, um, Instagram Live, here it is. Check him out. Um, absolutely insane i don't know you just did five tricks and my mind is spinning right now some of them actually have given me goosebumps that's which good. is which is maybe a good thing and it's with a normal deck of cards that's the best thing to remember the uh then it is normal deck the only thing it does say on it folks is if you want that's a it says, stamp yeah it's a stamp check out my instagram and tiktok at right. wyatt hackett underscore illusion that's right can that's where they is that where they can find you in all the uh yeah and it's on the cards i just got a stamp version and put it on the back of them that way when i lose cards or rip them you know, that, that's insane. So if you guys want to find him, um, at Wyatt Hackett, W Y A T T H A C K E T T underscore illusion. Right. Yep. yep. And Perfect. I don't know. He just blew my mind for, uh, well, 10 minutes, but the whole conversation was great. Um, Instagram live. We're going to sign off. Wyatt. You actually had a decent amount of people. Um, we got, a, we got some people that want your autograph and mine too. Well, <laughs> Stetson, we maybe can make that happen, Absolutely. but it's not worth much. So Wyatt's maybe mine zero, but, uh, <laughs> Um, awesome. Why this was, this Thank was crazy. So I appreciate it. Uh, we're signing off on Insta or Facebook live. Um, and we'll continue with the podcast for another minute, but that's all right. Perfect. Bye folks. Thank you guys. Um, dude, that's insane. Did you like it? I did. We're still live. So, cool. yeah. but this, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, so the trick, the trick that you went up there, yes, that one blew. I, I don't even know the, the one where you pulled the card out was insane too, but I think the one that you threw up there was the most impressive. You like that one? That's good. Because you never moved out of your seat. Yeah. I was literally like, I don't even understand how that's possible. So like that actually gave, that like was like, you know, when somebody like creeps up behind you and scares you and you don't know they were there, that's kind of the idea when like I looked up and at first, and again, I, I should have known this. I just interviewed you for two hours that you basically were like, is this your card? And I'm like, oh, this poor kid actually screwed up his first trick. And then nope, <laughs> nope. Turn around, buddy. There it is up in the top. So yeah, I don't know that that was, um, Whoops, share it. Make sure we're sharing um, live magic on the Galen Trombley show with... i just going to make sure I get... I thought I would have already put you on there. Wyatt. Hackett. So, Wyatt, where... 
where are you going to be? What, what, what's our next opportunity for people to come check you out? So, that was insane. Yeah, today's Tuesday. So tomorrow I'll be at Docks on the Water from 5 to 8. So you should have doing some table side magic. And if people want to hire you or people want to reach out and, yeah. and either, how can they do it? Social, either one of those, you know, a lot of people just call me or text me. I get things on Facebook Messenger a lot for any party event, you know, birthday parties, weddings, literally anything you can think of, I perform, will perform for. So yeah, stage shows, close-up shows. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming that this is just something that's like, this is a passion for life. You think you're just going to run with this? Yeah, this is literally, you know, Dude, just, you're, you're incredible. man. I just graduated college and I, people ask me, you know what I'm doing next. It's magic. It's my full-time thing. I love it. You know, so that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And and again, I'm, I'm assuming you might have some more egg tricks down, pulling eggs out of shoes Absolutely. and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, hey, man, this was, I, I appreciate this. Um, you're absolutely incredible. We'll put some show notes in. Um, make sure we get this out for people. But um, I appreciate this was that. the most hands-on, fun demonstration I've ever had on the that podcast. That means a so, lot to me. Really so, yeah. Does. So, I don't know if it's as big as uh, the, the America's Got Talent or, or the Mayor's Cup or whatever. The, the uh, Plaster's Got Talent. But this was pretty, pretty cool. So. This was an honor that, you know, for you to have me on here. I appreciate it so much. And it's an awesome one of a time experience and I really appreciate you having me. This is no. great. I love it. Dude, you're, you're absolutely incredible. So, all right guys, it's episode 198, Wyatt Hackett, magician, illusion, illusionist. Just check him out. He's, he's absolutely incredible. Um, that's it. We're out. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley on Instagram at Galen Trombley and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling G A E L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.